Honestly, this is uh, Alex and Chris's comic book encyclopedia. It's not bad. Uh, we can do we can do that episode. I actually have some pretty exciting news for you. Oh um, man! About a potential anime slash manga episode that we could do. Uh. Yeah, um, in the very near future. But that that'll be that'll be in the wraps. Uh, shout out to you. You know you know who I'm talking about. Hey, if you're, if you're listening to this. But uh, also, if you're listening to this, you're tuned into the House of Comics podcast. Uh, I'm Chris. And I'm Alex. And this is episode 26? Yes. 26 of the House of Comics. That's what the session says, at least. Okay, perfect. The session numbers don't lie. Ooh, generally speaking. <laughs> now, I'm, now I'm nervous, dude. <laughs> well, these are the only sessions that I do. So for me, they don't lie. Yeah, you do a lot more <laughs> sessions than I do. Wow. Uh, so there's a lot I'm more liars in those sessions. Oh, 100%. <laughs> you can't trust anything. <laughs> the first thing they teach you. <laughs> never, never trust the name of any file ever especially not the ones you do yourself <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why that found me uh, i think because i i am i'm i'm one to falsely name a file for whatever reason oh sure either i'm just like in two minds or i'm like doing too many things at once i'm just like oh yeah this is blank blank you click on yeah. it and it is nowhere no. near blank blank. No, dude, I'm a big fan of the naming something that makes sense in the moment, but then two months, like after oh. that, going back and saying like, why did I name this? This dude, try what to, even is this? Trying to save music that oh. you like little like little diddlies you record like what? Impossible, do you... dude. I I would just like <laughs> literally like look at a thing in the wall. I'd be like, yo, yes. this, <laughs> this clock. You know, this is this is this filing cabinet. It's time. You know, it's, <laughs> exactly, dude. Eventually, I think there's one song I had like just parts for that was just called like Adverbs. You're like, <laughs> I didn't know what else to call it. Okay, it's not even a song. Good. Just notes. Anyway, anyway, yeah. So yeah, we'll we'll get we'll get into it. Um, this is a comic podcast. Th- this is a I this promise. is a comic book podcast um, that we break down into three main parts. First part being our news segment, filler or crisis, where we go through news topics and label them filler things we can breeze through. Or we'll call it a crisis, things we got to stop for and really kind of get into. After that, we'll go into our topic of the day. Today's topic of the day is Hadden, uh, Happy Latin History uh, Month, or is Latin Appreciation Month. If, I think it's Latin History. Latin American Ooh. Appreciation Month. I think Month. it's, yeah, let me check. Yeah, let's double check on that before we uh, misrepresent. Right? That'd be really embarrassing for your boy. <laughs> well, you got a lot going on, so you could just be, uh, just be confused with your months. It's true. It is, yes, National Hispanic Heritage Month in the United States is September 15th until October 15th. That's so strange. That is. Why is that so difficult? Is that you like. You know, you're asking the question. You questions. know what? Maybe it is some special period in time, like in history. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure it might be. Yeah, it might. There might be some reason for it. But boy, is that is that difficult. Nowhere near as difficult as Batman Day being the oh, third no. Saturday of August. Something like that. Something like September. No. September. Yes. Yeah. 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 It was the 19th, right? Yeah. 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 It was recently. Yeah. It was last week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, like you said, we'll be celebrating uh, Hispanic heritage uh, appreciation um, for, for this particular episode. And what we're going to do is just kind of go through some notable uh, comic book characters of Hispanic descent, really. Uh we uh well, well a common theme you'll find here is that we both had some issues doing some research on these characters yeah because shocker they're underrepresented in the in the books yeah I know that may come as a surprise to to some of you <laughs> <laughs> way more so than it's strange you know you think that like there would be a more represented group I don't know why I guess this is maybe it's just easy almost where it's like 
but it's not. I, I, maybe it's one of those things. I'm not sure. I see. I, I see what you're saying. Like the stories do feel like they're easier to write, just because like oh the the plight of this particular person sure. is this kind of way in America. Uh, but at the same time, maybe they're afraid of the uh, tropes. Yeah. Yeah, that would be, be reasonable. Could be that. Those. I mean, I, I feel like they shouldn't be hard to avoid, but for whatever yeah. reason, and the media would tell you that they're yeah. hard to avoid. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> I think also it's because, like, living in Florida, especially, I feel like we're surrounded by so many Latino, Hispanic, whatever kind of uh, people that it's like it's hard to think that there isn't that level of representation in the media we consume. It's true. But it's very true. Realistically speaking, you know, on the, on the coast. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's pretty heavy population of Latino and Hispanic, but not, not furthermore. Right. Well, the, not, not the, um, this is kind of, uh, comic related, but it kind of is, it, it's crazy because we always see things not, well, not always, but I feel like, uh, Latin countries and Latin parts of, um, of America are always represented in the media, yeah. but not always the individuals. Oh, it's very like, true. Like Miami, you know, extremely Hispanic, you know, a very high Latin culture, but yeah. it's always like, you know, the the white cop in the in the Miami of course. You know, yeah, cop, cop show. Dexter set in Miami. <laughs> See, I didn't I didn't even know yeah, that. Like, yeah, literally. And I love Dexter, but it's like, okay. You know. <laughs> we get it. Right. Uh, oh yeah, and sorry. And then the third part of the podcast is we'll, <laughs> we'll be talking about the books. We'll be talking about the books that we read last week. Uh, but like I said, firstly, we'll get into the news. Killer crisis. This was this was a hot debate on the on the socials uh, a couple of days ago. Zack Snyder's Justice League reportedly cost seventy million dollars to finish. Those initial reports were around thirty thirty five, and everyone was like, "Okay, that." That that seems sure. I mean, mm-hmm. we don't really do these kind of things, but like, yeah, yeah that, I guess that makes sense. But now that that number has doubled, uh, allegedly, rumors rumors have have to say, um, what is that a filler? Is that crisis? What could that potentially mean? I I kind of want to chalk it up to filler because it's mm-hmm. just like movies is expensive kind of thing, and yeah. maybe we didn't realize how expensive movies is. That's more than fair because. You know? I mean, nowadays you can. I mean, a lot of people were saying that that's that thirty million is probably just CGI. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you're talking about the triple uh, A fucking movie <laughs> right. experience, right? You you know these people aren't getting out of bed for less than hundred million. So like, realistically True. speaking, it's kind of on brand, though it is crawling up there considering that it's just reshoots and additional content. Right. It's kind of interesting. Right. Well, I I remember when they were first mulling this over, they'd be like, there's not going to be any reshoots and then they eventually right? got... Yeah, exactly. And now we got nerds coming back in mm-hmm. to do more stuff. Exactly. You know? So this is... I mean, we always knew this was going to turn into something when it was officially yes. announced, but it is... I feel like every couple of weeks or so, it's always something with this with this project. Oh, you know? yeah. And I think part of that is the the reaction to it. You know, if it yes. has more of a lackluster reaction, it probably would have sat there at thirty million, and then we would have just gotten dark side, and then a bunch of Joss Whedon stuff cut out. Yeah, you're I right. I think that's probably all it would have been. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> but then everyone started freaking out, and it was whether it was positive or negative didn't matter. Everyone was freaking out, mm-hmm. and so now we're gonna sink more into it because everyone's freaking out, and it's 2020, and that's what we do. When things grab the public's eye, you just keep throwing money at it until you've gotten all the attention you can before next week, and something else grabs. Our short attention spans. Well, uh, speaking of that, staying with this movie, the uh, the Ray Fisher saga continues oh, to go yeah. on. Uh, that that's been you know either on the top of the list or on the back burner, depending on who you're talking to or Strange. when or when during the week yeah. you're talking about. Um, but his ongoing uh, feud with Jeff Johns and 
um, talking about how he was treated and a lot of the cast members um, were treated uh, during these. Uh, was it during the reshoots or was it during the original? I think it was during the original. Yeah, yeah I'm sorry. Yeah, it was uh, during, during the original um, shooting for the Justice League. Uh, they had a bunch of issues and uh, that's been going up and down. And now they're officially launching an investigation into that. So like this this movie, <laughs> like, like wild. What? And it's crazy because, like, what is what does it mean? Like, like we, I mean, we have already established that the movie itself just didn't hit, and we I feel like we're at the point where everyone can say that that's okay. Yeah, we should have <laughs> been. We should have been there from the start, really, yeah. <laughs> you know. But it's so strange, and I guess like the beef with him must have been more with with Whedon and a special and uh, and Jeff, Jeff Johns, Johns, you know, yeah. that must have been it because like as we saw this all unfolding. It was very strange mm-hmm. to see he's like, oh, Ray Fisher's coming back for additional shooting. I was like, to the movie that he is like slowly burning. Okay, that's right. interesting. And exactly, and it wasn't he rumored to be appearing in the Flash film as well. Yeah, which is, I mean, what does that mean anymore? I have know? no idea. And then it's very interesting what his like Fisher's relationship is now with, I guess, Warner Brothers and the larger like comic book DC right. future films because like he's certainly not scared and he shouldn't be scared to, to lash out at Joss oh. Whedon and, and Jeff Johns. Agreed. You know, but he seemed to be a big fan of Snyder and his vision. It's, it's and strange. Everything. And so I, it's, it feels like he's passionate about it. Like yeah, he, 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 yeah, he wants to be a part of it, but he also is not going to be a part of it at the expense of, you know, being disrespected, obviously. Yeah. So like watching this unfold has been, has been weird. It's been interesting. Very much. Uh, but it's definitely going to be something that's going to be continued to be talked about uh, as much as, you know, they continue to keep talking about it. Yep. And it doesn't seem like something that's going to, you know, stop anytime. So it's going to be crazy when this movie is released while this is still going on. Oh, it's not going to go away. Yeah, this, exactly. This isn't just like uh, Ezra Miller choking out that woman. Yeah. This, <laughs> which, is, this is actually a big deal. Which which turned out to be completely fake and yeah. like staged or whatever. Right. And so even though weird. there was no official statement. And I looked, so weird, I looked dude. multiple times for an official statement on that. That was a weird thing. Thing. So weird. Speaking of weird, uh, Nick Fury is getting a series starring Samuel Jackson on Disney Plus. Filler or crisis? Um, hard crisis. <laughs> <laughs> Huge crisis. Uh, I actually don't know. Probably, hard you know what? Crisis. It's probably filler because they'll announce it now, and then in a year from now, in the next Comic Con, which will all be held online again. Yes, we will. You know, they'll give us a date, twenty twenty three. And then in 2022, we'll hear that it got pushed back to 2024. And then in 2024, it'll get, you know, kind of a truncated season. And then we'll never hear from it again. Wow. Yeah. That's, you like that? Yeah. That's that's pretty. <laughs> that was that's all I had. I used the last of my prophetic abilities to give you that vision. I think that's all they had. It probably is. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of a big deal. I mean, locking down Samuel Jackson to do a, a limited series, I'm assuming, on Disney Plus is, is a big deal. I mean, right. he's a big-name actor. Yeah, but- big name. Uh, he's going to have some draw, of course. You know, uh, Nick Fury sure. is, a, is a fan favorite from the uh, MCU, of course. Um, so much so that they adapted Samuel Jackson into the comic books to make him Literally. the official Nick Fury. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that, that, that should be interesting at the very least. Um, staying over on the Disney Plus side, where he got some uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier shots showing a Captain America that was not Steve Rogers. Um, thriller or Crisis, this Captain America is going to be a guy named John Walker, played by Overlord and Black Mirror actor Wyatt Russell. Uh, 
what episode of Black Mirror was he in? <laughs> that doesn't say. Does it show? Did you have a picture of him? No. Okay. Well, not, not in this article. Good luck to that guy in doing that. That seems like a tough job. Absolutely. Like, like, like I yeah. wouldn't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, man. You're Captain America and the Falcon and Winter Soldier show. Like one, extremely niche, but also. Hey, you're Captain America. You yeah, know? right. It's like it's almost like you know being Batman in like Gotham or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah it's just Gotham show. But like when Batman shows up, you got to be fucking Batman. Yep, you got to <laughs> be on. It's kind of like that. Uh, I don't know if it's a rumor still or what with the whole thing with Tom Cruise, where he's rumored to be uh, like a, a parallel universe Iron Man. Okay, so or something like that. Well, I know he. Uh, he almost got to be Iron Man. Right, you know, yeah. That was a thing. Yeah. Uh, oh, my God. And uh, I was talking to my, uh, to my friend about this. We uh, we rewatched the uh, the OG Iron Man recently. Uh, and I was like, you know, <laughs> there was a scene where he's just kind of flying around, testing out the, the thrusters in the suit uh, at the very beginning. And I was like, you're telling me the fans wouldn't have ate this up if that was Tom Cruise? Oh, they would have. You're telling that like, I, I know. Everyone's like, oh, there's no way Tom Cruise could have been Iron Man. You know, like, people, I'm looking at this scene right now, bro. Right. I know for a fact they would have ate this up if it was dude, Tom Cruise. I am <laughs> so close to a pop-off on the Iron oh my Man God, is dude. Robert Downey Jr. forever dude, thing. We can do a whole I episode on so that. so sick of hearing it, do a whole it, episode of that. I will, I will do it. I will do it 3,000. Nice. Uh, <laughs> uh yeah, that that could that could literally be a whole thing. Yeah, I, honestly, a movie, a movie verse kind of thing. We're just yeah. talking about films, the movies from these uh, comic yeah. books. Talk about the castings, talk about potential yeah. recastings. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun to do something on. Mm. But yeah, I don't want to do it, but I'm <laughs> yeah. so sick of hearing people say they could not see blank being blank or this being that or Robert Downey Jr. is Iron Man. Like, come on. That Robert, we didn't even know who Iron Man was. That, that's just Robert Downey Jr., like, you're not even talking Dude, about Tony Stark at this point. You're talking about this is just Robert Downey Jr. I know it's just Robert Downey Jr. Because in the same year, or right after, you went to go do that Sherlock Holmes movie. And it was the same and thing. And it was the same thing. 100%. You played Tony Stark, Sherlock Holmes. Literally. Yeah, you know, and I don't have a problem with that. Like no, John I, I, I enjoyed it. Right? I, yeah, whatever. Literally, there's plenty of actors who, they are, their shtick is they are the same guy in Samuel Jackson. Literally, <laughs> fucking uh, Vin Diesel. You yeah. know? Like, oh, well, he was also Groot. Yes, that's also I, this was I was gonna put this on the, the list, but did you hear uh, his new uh, EDM track? His uh, no, you haven't heard Vin Diesel's. Oh no, that's it's got tropical be- house track with Kygo, bro. No, oh, dude, I God, love it. Dude. It has Fast Nine written all over it. It's probably gonna be the fucking theme song for Fast Nine, and I'm here for it, bro. Dude, that is oh, amazing. Oh my God, it was so subpar. It, <laughs> I, I love the dude and it's just fucking vin diesel I, that's amazing that's uh, that reminds me of um of elon musk when he put out his edm <laughs> track something about killing your vibe or something like that yeah. like trust your vibes yeah, something like and i was that, like jeez dude. man wow, what a moment in time i want that was. more mediocre songs from people who have no musical acumen dude <laughs> i want more of it and here comes vin diesel once again picking up the slack right Where society has failed me every time every single time bloodshot yeah, literally. Tropical house. Like, is there, <laughs> is there anything this man can't do? Yeah. He's he's a renaissance man. Truly. Him, Jamie Foxx, most talented man in Hollywood. Oh, I I would, yeah, every movie. I was going to say I'd see that movie, but I, I'm confident there's already dozens of those. Honestly, that would, that would probably be pretty sick. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, um... This is a comics podcast. Uh, well, we're going to we're gonna stay with the uh, kind of action hero theme <laughs> oh, a little yeah. bit here. Keanu Reeves' Berserk comic has been pushed back four months. 
Filler or crisis? Um, I don't even know. Probably filler because like, yeah. what is this, dude? Exactly, like, dude. Like, people were hyped for it. Yeah, like people were asking about it. People wanted about it. I heard a lot of um, people on Twitter, a lot of comic book uh, uh, shops on Twitter, saying they got a lot of hype um, in the stores from just random people saying, "Yo, you know anything about Keanu this? Reeves, dude. Yeah, you know anything about this Keanu Reeves comic book?" So in a way, it's like, oh damn, man, it's getting pushed back. You know, four months. That's pretty wild. But also. Literally, well, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like the face you made that they can't see in the podcast is exactly how I felt inside. And it's just like, for all we don't know about it, <laughs> and all we know about 2020, yeah, is it really exa- that shocking like, that this like, exactly, happened? Exactly, dude. Like, like, so that's where I'm at. It's like it's weird for me at this point when things come out on time. Yes, like it, was, yes. it would be surprising that something comes out in solid condition when it was announced. I saw one of those. Um, here's all, all the new release dates for the 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 Disney Plus, you know, MCU stuff that's right. coming out. And I was like, you know what? This is like the fifth one I've seen of right. these in, in as many months. And none of these things have come out yet. <laughs> out of control. It's out of control. Okay, yeah, that was actually all we had for the news topics, unless you got something. Um, no, no, I feel nothing. Like there's something. But yeah, I do I feel like nothing. there's something that we're missing, but I feel like that happens, you know, a couple times a week. There's that one, right. that one topic right. that we just missed. Yeah. But yeah, it was a, it was a fairly slow week. Yeah, so that'll transition us into the topic of the day. We're gonna run through some uh, some Latin and Hispanic American heroes. Let us do it. And um, let's just let's just kind of react to this because a lot of these people we either we either know a lot actually the people on these on these lists right yeah it's it's weird we there's a couple of these that we are very familiar with some you know kind of familiar with and other ones I'm like who are you yeah like, do you have do you have fans like. <laughs> So yeah, the first one I'm gonna do, I'm gonna go through uh, this Marvel list per CBR, Marvel's ten most powerful Hispanic heroes <laughs> in the comics. And number ten, they have Echo. The first hero of note is Hispanic warrior Echo, aka Maya Lopez, raised by Wilson Fisk. Why does that sound? <laughs> Said the E word. The E word. The. To set off the oh Alexa. oh gotcha oh that's wow funny. that's hilarious okay so, I know nothing about this man though <laughs> well I, it's a woman oh that's just how much I know yeah Maya Lopez uh, who was sent by the Kingpin to get close to Matt Murdock and show the the lawyer Wilson oh Wilson Fisk is Kingpin that's right oh that's what that I don't know why familiar. I blanked on that name it's yeah. the Fisk yes 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 a lot of Wilsons in comics yes um. So, yeah, I guess she's a Daredevil character. Uh, I'm not very familiar with her. Uh, I'm not very familiar with a lot of Daredevil's lore. I've read, like, a couple of Daredevil things. Frank Miller's Daredevil is about the sure. only thing I'm really familiar with. Um, so, at number 10, we got a very obscure Daredevil character. So, if that's not setting the tone for you already, yeah, right? I'm, not, I'm not sure what is. Is is she Echo because she, like, Echo locates? Is that her thing? Or does she have some kind of some kind of dealio like that? This doesn't say her power. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done, CBR. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll look. We'll look into. Well, yeah, we'll get back to you. Actually, I'm looking up right now. <laughs> she possesses photographic reflexes. 
an uh, ability also possessed by a mercenary known as Taskmaster. Oh. As a result, she is capable of perfectly duplicating any physical movement or action she sees with uh, perfection. <laughs> perfectly duplicating with perfection. <laughs> After watching it only once. Okay. So that's pretty cool. That's pretty neat. That's a neat thing. Yeah. Yeah. Unless the, you know, other person isn't using physical attacks. Right. Which leaves you open to the other kind all of- the strongest people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or anyone with a gadget. Yo, oh, wow. Yeah. Shit. Actually. <laughs> Or anyone who can beat you in the first hit. She can just do the same hit, right? Well, if she's blinded, yeah. Yeah, well. Sorry, yeah. I mean, we're we're lifting her up, though. I mean, yeah, yeah, I want, you know, the the point of this that's (laughs) going to be driven home many times is do better, guys. Yeah, actually, yeah, that is, I feel like that's the point of most of these lists (laughs) that we we go Literally, like, nothing will break my heart more than that Jack Kirby list. (laughs) God, man. Anyway. All right, yeah. Moving on, number nine, Miguel O'Hara. Uh, longtime favorite hero amongst fans was uh, he's Spider Man twenty ninety nine. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, he's actually pretty neat. Yeah, yeah, that one's a good one. Yeah, if you guys don't know, Spider Man twenty ninety nine is an alternate, you know, reality version of Spider Man that is, of course, set in the year twenty ninety nine, and he has cool, like, high tech, you know, suit and is all nifty, go invisible and fly and all this kind of crazy games. Like a spider. Like, like the, honestly, it's more, it's a lot like the uh, the Spider Man film recently, because you yeah. know, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's funny that that's that's like right? the, the the base now. Brilliant. Um, Oh my god! What else was about to say? Oh, also, if you remember, um, oh my god, what was the name of the Spider-Man animated show that was him in the future? Oh yeah, that show was sick. It had a great song. It did have a great song, and the costume Damn. design was sick. Yeah, um, very similar to Twenty Ninety Nine, but I think his was like, like black. Like yeah, more black. I don't know why. That's what I'm thinking too. Yeah, but yeah, shout out to Miguel O'Hara, holding it down in the future alternate, alternate future. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Future alternate. Uh, number eight, we got Firebird, uh, a.k.a. Bonita Juarez. Born in New Mexico, Bonita was raised a devout Catholic and gained her powers after coming into contact with a <laughs> irradiated meteorite. Nice. Believing it a gift from God, Bonita gained the power to generate heat and flames as well as the power to fly, much like Human Torch. Okay. Uh, she gathered a group of heroes in the American South uh, Southwest known as the Rangers to battle the Corruptor and save Rick Jones. Later, she joined the West Coast Adventures and became a fan favorite hero. Okay, she actually sounds pretty sick. Yeah. I like the Rangers. That's a cool South, Southwest yeah, <laughs> superhero yeah. team up. That's a good name for that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, nothing's uh, more Hispanic or Latino than Catholicism. And a fiery woman. And a fiery woman, <laughs> yeah, dude. I was going to say, like, that's, we were like, my uncle brought a bunch of stuff up from Miami that belonged to my grandmother and grandfather, yeah. and we were going through it, and like, I want to say 50% of the boxes we were pulling out was crucifixes, and like, the Ave de Maria, and like, all these like, Christian pieces of, of iconography, and yeah, I was dude. like, this is terrifying. It's for the vibes. There's so much of it, you know, and there's like, pictures of my dad, like, when he, getting, like, confirmed, he's like, oh, yeah. pulling like, eight crosses and yeah, shit, and I'm like, oh my god, this is intense. That is intense. Yeah, a little Cuban man with his little Cuban crosses doing his best. <laughs> doing his best. Shout out. <laughs> All right, uh, got to give a shout out to number seven on the list, White Tiger, mm. uh, who gained popularity uh, being on the Avengers Academy. Uh, her name is uh, Ava Ayala, mm. and she's the fifth person to don the mantle of White Tiger. 
inheriting it. What? (laughs) What? (laughs) The White Tiger is a mantle in in Marvel, and she's the fifth person inheriting it from uh, the Tiger amulet that she got from her brother Hector. Ah. After he and his family were taken out by Gideon Mace. Okay. Who I have (laughs) never heard of. Hate that guy. Yeah, don't know much about her. Has a pretty cool costume design. Uh, you can probably gather what it is. White tiger. It's it's probably it's a cat all suit. white yeah. cat suit. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like it. Yeah, with a little, little tiger amulet. Oh, big fan. Yeah, it's pretty sick. Moving on to number six. So we talked about this a bit in the car. Yeah, this guy was popping up on all the lists. We got yep. Sunspot. Right, right. <laughs> um, he's actually a, 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 a Brazilian uh, hero. Nice. Uh, Roberto de Costa, or de Costa, I should say, son of a wealthy businessman, Roberto was on the verge of Olympic stardom when he was attacked by racist players on the opposing team um, of his latest match, causing his powers to emerge on the field. Hmm. He gained his powers to become solid black solar energy. Doesn't say why. He doesn't say why. <laughs> um, but yeah, he becomes solid black solar energy. That sounds impressive. He's been on the New Mutants, X Force, Hellfire Club. Okay, so, okay, so he's a mutant. Okay, right. I All figured right. as much. That's yeah. a very classic mutant story, right? Yeah, yeah, very much so. And kind yeah, of, Sunspot just sounds like a mutant name it does. as well. It does, yeah. Uh, someone who's definitely not a mutant. We got Nova, little Nova, Sam Alexander, the youngest uh, hero to become Nova from Arizona. And honestly, I don't know too much about him. I know he's gaining some popularity right now uh, just because he's about to be in that book with uh, Kamala and right. um, and Miles, the, the outlaw book. Um, right. but that's really all I know about him. But I guess, I mean, if he's in that book, you know, people must must like him enough. Enough, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, is, that, is that their, like, youth trinity? Is that going to be, like, the next... The, the wave is that the new thing for them I wouldn't be bad that's not bad that's a solid enough group yeah that's that's that feels more of a balanced trinity than you know was it Iron Man Thor Captain America isn't that the trinity now is that really the trinity I'm pretty sure it's a trinity who else would it be I I don't know yeah Captain America Thor Iron Man yeah I guess so yeah <laughs> I feel like I don't know why Spidey or Hulk. He's or not in the Trinity, though. I know he's not, right? <laughs> but, like, there's other characters. He uh, has to, he would have to be on the Avengers full time to be the Trinity. Okay, that's that makes things different, then. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm making up the rules. I know, but that's, I agree to that rule, and now it's a law. <laughs> and that's the way it works. That's democracy, baby. If you don't write the rules, we just make them. Yeah, I was pretty we good. We almost somewhere with that. <laughs> We were close to profound. We'll write the laws. We just make them. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. All right. Number four on this list, we got Power Man, which I'm pretty sure is also a mantle uh, mantle uh, character. Right. Uh, Power Man, his name is Victor Alvarez. Sure. Son of one-time villain Shades. He gained his powers to absorb the chi of others around him to become a super strong Wait, so become super strong after Bullseye blew up a building holding Victor and his father. Mm. I'm going to have to look more into these because they, they're like, yeah, he has this power. He got it during this time, but it doesn't never says how. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he can turn the solar black energy when he got attacked on the soccer field. Yeah. Yes. You can. 
Yes, he can. Yes, he can. <laughs> number three on the list. Wow, only number three. Interesting. Also, this is a list of most powerful, not most popular. That's fair. So number three on the list is actually Miles Morales. Hey, the which, Spider Boy. Which still, I feel like it's pretty low because. I mean, I would have put him at number one on a popular list. Isn't he like Spider-Man plus? Doesn't he have all the powers of Spider-Man plus the like the Venom blast Some, thing? Yeah, and like something the, like the that. Sonic energy stuff. I think, yeah, I thought he was supposed to be pretty solid power yeah, so, wise. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Um, but yeah, you guys, you guys know Miles. You've seen Into the Spider-Verse. You, you've, you've, you've read the books. Uh, Bendis. This, Bendis. <laughs> Jamal Campbell. Uh, yeah, we're not going to spend too much time on Miles. No, yeah, we've we've already talked actually at length about Miles in the past. Yeah, we actually have. <laughs> um, number two on our list, uh, someone I actually uh, am starting to get a little interested in uh, when I started doing my research on this, Miss America. Right, I've heard of uh, yeah. heard of her. Yeah, uh, aka uh, America Chavez. Um, she was raised outside of time and reality uh, by her mothers in the utopian parallel. And gained her power by absorbing the energy of a being known as the Dim- Demiurge. 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 Great Meshuggah song. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, I just really like her character design just mm. because it's just like she got like a red leather jacket and then she's rocking like a, like an America tee. It's just like sure. this looks pretty badass. And like I guess she has like super strength and like can leap tall buildings in the single bound yeah. type deal. So yeah, that seems pretty sick. And I, I'm, I'm a sucker for strong women from multiverse. Sure. Just because, you know, they always got that thing going on and like, Oh, like, you know, I'm not from here, but I want to be for you. Like, right. you know, yeah. I, I love those stories. The outsider. Exactly. To protect us. Exactly. Exactly. Shout out Wonder Woman. Literally. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'll probably be looking more into this because, uh, I mean, honestly, just on the character design alone, I would just like to see her more often. Uh, number one on the list, which I forgot this was even a thing. Some of you are probably saying, well, duh, because you know a lot more than we do. Ghost Rider, Robbie Reyes. Oh, yes. Yep. Oh, yes, that's right. Oh, man. I did forget about that. Yeah. That's probably that probably is the, a big one, but I didn't think he would be more. Is he really more powerful than Miles? Yeah, man. Him, him and uh, Miss America. Shit, dude. I guess the Miss America thing makes sense. Well, I believe, yeah. That, yeah, just the, multiversal yeah, strong woman. Yeah, interdimensional kinda, being. Right. Yeah, yeah chalk that, that one up. Um, but yeah, it is interesting that they uh, have Ghost Rider. I mean, I guess he you know has the power of you know the hell demons and the hell fire. Something like that. I think he has the penance there. I'm not sure if he has the penance there. Mm. Um, but yeah, shout out to Robbie Reyes. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Ghost Rider is an interesting character. We can ask Jake about him. I know Jake was reading some of those stories with Robbie, I think, in him. So. Of course Jake was I know, right? Him. Yeah. Oh, wow. He's like, man, this guy rides motorcycles, right? That's pretty cool. Favorite hero now. <laughs> and this guy's Hawk, huh? That's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> He's my favorite hero now. Okay, that's good. <laughs> All right, we're going to move over to DC. Um, hey. I actually have a list of... Okay, this list has 20, but I'm not going to do all 20. Um, Name the big ones. Yeah, yeah, hit some big ones. First one, uh, 
probably obvious, Jessica Cruz. Because hey. she's, she's really holding it down for the Hispanic Latina community um, in D.C. right now. Hugely so. Uh, been the star of a lot of big storylines in a couple of years. You know, big player in uh, Justice League book right now, JLO. Yeah. Um, that's unfortunately coming to an end. She leads that team. She leads, yeah, she like, leads that yeah. team. Um, she obviously, not, I hate to use the term poster child, I shouldn't say that, um, but she's the, uh, the the leading voice, you know, for uh, PTSD yep. um, and uh, uh, mental well-being, mental health, um, especially in the in D.C., especially on the Justice League, obviously. Yep. Um, a lot of her stories, or earlier stories, I should say, was based on her overcoming those fears. Um, so a lot of people kind of resonated with her character early on, of course. Yeah, she's a very multifaceted character. Oh, yeah. Oh, obviously the other big one. Our boy Jaime Reyes, the bluest of Beatles, the bluest of Beatles, um, who we've also talked about at length, you know, oh, already God. on here because we we love that kid. He's fantastic. He's fantastic. His family is fantastic. Yeah, I I would venture to say his father, whose name I am blanking on completely right now, mm. might be the best dad in DC <laughs> Comics. <laughs> yeah, because he's the only one that has cared the whole time. Yeah, and I don't see not caring at some point. Yeah. Big facts, dude. That and there's a saying that <laughs> the, the yeah. bar is, is so low, but, yeah. but, but, but boy, does he knock him out, dude? It's all about la familia. It's true. Another big one, Cal Rayner. Yeah, you know, I forgot about that. Yep, I yep. Cal Rayner is Mexican American. Yeah, yep. Uh, obviously, the '90s Green Lantern held it down for most of the '90s. Um, you know, was very niche, but has you know begun to pick up a lot of popularity. Uh, especially on the interwebs, you know we we love yeah. an off-brand Green Lantern. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no. When you have oh, one yeah. of those, like <laughs> one of the ones who kind of like he's he's Barry, you know? Yes. He like he carried the mantle, he carried the torch over during a kind of a transition period. Mm-hmm. He's not everyone's favorite, you know. X, he's not the favorite Flash, not the favorite Lantern, right. but he has that really loyal fan base there, and he has more and more unique identifying factors about him. Yeah. That are being like fleshed out slowly but surely. So yeah, I agree. Yeah, props to Kyle. Keep it up. Um, also, person we've talked about uh, at length on the show, Renee Montoya. Love. Um, who you may know from Batman the Animated Series, mm. Gotham Central, or mm. her uh, her version of the Question. Yep. Fantastic. Um, who we love. And like I said, we've talked about her at at length on the show. Go back to almost any episode. There's yeah. there's a point where we're just kind of spewing over. How awesome she is! Yeah, very true. Uh, we also got uh, <laughs> someone that we were kind of introduced to uh, via the Star Girl, y- Yolanda. Oh, the Yolanda new, Montez. Uh, Wildcat. Yep, yeah, the, the third Wildcat. rendition of Wildcat, little baby Wildcat. Only a, a wild kitten, you could say. Oof, I don't know. That was rough. I don't like calling her that either. Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah, the fresh new Wildcat. <laughs> Which but seems yeah. like they're going that route because in mm-hmm. in metal we have Ted Grant Wildcat and he is like strongly in the ye olde mm-hmm. men JSA mm-hmm. part of that. So honestly, like, it would be kind of cool to see some comic book synergy with Star Girl and uh, maybe uh, maybe a new comic book, maybe bring a star. I don't know what the fuck happened to Star Girl in the comic books. I have no idea what Q. she's doing right now. Great Q. Um. So yeah, maybe maybe this could be some kind of setup for a, a new younger JSA team. With, I would like that. That'd be I w- sick. I would like to see that. Maybe like a how about JSA uh, generations? Ooh, and it's the ooh. older, sc- the old guard trying to teach Passing the new guard the how to torch. do it. And it's just I want to say it's a better version of the Star Girl show. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. But it has more of those. Like instead of everyone's dead except for fucking Stripesy. Right. Now, 
everyone is mostly alive. Right. And they're all like, oh, look at my young whippersnapper counterpart. Like, why won't you get your shit straight? And they're yeah. like, oh, look at this old man. You don't get it. Times are different. You know, that I'm, I'm all about that. I'm here for that dynamic. Yeah, yeah, I like that as well. <laughs> what else we got on here? Um, Hawk Girl, Kendra Saunders. Yep. Um, who? So everyone else has had their nationality listed. Um, Kendra does not have hers listed, and this, I'm on like the official DC site, so uh, maybe that's one of those things that was just never fleshed right. out. It, yeah, it's probably something that was referenced, but never made anything more than that. It was gotcha. probably like a passing thing. Or it wasn't like, concrete. Oh. It's like, I don't know, maybe they were like at some kind of vaguely Latin thing. And since you mentioned like, oh, my my abuela used to blah, blah, blah or something like that. You know what? That sounds so right. Right. Because, dude, is that not Kendra in the DC show, the animated series? Justice I thought League? it was. I thought it was as well. Do they make any comment of her being of Latin or Hispanic descent? You know, I think she's voiced by. Is she really? A Latino woman. Of yeah, course she is. Oh, my is. God. Goddamn. Goddamn, Andrea Romano gets me every time. Right? <laughs> I'm, I, I don't know why. Maybe I'm completely making that up. That sounds right. I think it's right, though. She definitely has the the fire. <laughs> the la pasión. Right? La pasión, dude. Um, and let's get into some some less notable characters, because we definitely yes. got into some less notable ones on the on the Marvel side. Hit me, dude. Uh, I, I, I think I'm saying this right. Oof. El Gaucho. El Gaucho. Isn't a gaucho like a cowboy? I think it's a pirate. A pirate? He's dressed like a pirate. Love it. Actually, it might be just a bandit. Oh, that could be it. Yeah. Um, but he was introduced in the Silver Age, um, part of an international group of Batman allies called the Batman of All Nations. In That's two- good. Of course, in the 2000s, uh, he returned in, as part of Grant Morrison's... Uh, <laughs> 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 Grant Morrison's Batman Incorporated. Yeah. Because, of course. Why wouldn't he? Um, we also have... Wow. This is why this is real. He's a character named El Dorado. Okay. Who was first introduced as an original member of the Super Friends with the power to teleport and cast illusions instead of making gold constructs nice. as he should have been doing or something. Yeah. I don't know. Bro, you know what <laughs> I found out when I was looking stuff up and I didn't do any more research into this? Gold <laughs> balls is okay. Latino. I also saw that. I, on the interwebs, I didn't on. know how to weave it in. No clue. Let's go. Let's keep going. I mean, <laughs> I still don't that know. does mean that Hickman made a Latin American character extremely crucial to how the X Men operate. Props so that. in that sense, shout out to Hickman. But also, what, what? dude? The big what? <laughs> uh, also, someone who should probably probably should come back pretty soon because he probably hit right now. Fucking vibe. Dude, oh Cisco, yeah, yeah, yeah. He should, he would crush it in the comics right now. Yeah, I think you're right, and people really loved him on the Flash show. Exactly, I loved him on the Flash show. Mm-hmm. Another character whom I've never heard of, uh, nationality also unknown. His name is Gangbuster. No clue. Not every problem is uh, <laughs> in Metropolis <laughs> can be solved by Superman. Growing up in the city's suicide slum. Jose Delgado does his best to combat gang violence and provide a positive example for the city's troubled youth as a gangbuster. Okay. He returned in 2008 in the Trinity series. Interesting. As one of of the world's unlikely heroes when Batman, Superman, and Woman Woman were erased from reality. Right. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, just go back to 
vibe real quick. No, no offense to Gangbuster, <laughs> but vibe seems like he would be a perfect fit for something metal related Ooh, in the death metal stuff. I wouldn't be surprised yes. if he doesn't make an appearance. <laughs> yeah, he, oh, he will in the speed metal. I'm sure he's in the group of people somewhere in there. But you know, sorry. <laughs> I was just thinking like vibe, vibrations, the whole whatever Makes music, blah blah blah. Ooh, there you go. Right there you go. So, oh, wow, wow. Yeah, right. That's what I was thinking. Anyway, sorry. All right, uh, last Props one. Gangbusters. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> Last one I'll mention, uh, just because I've never heard of her, and I don't know how. Uh, her name is Panther, huh? Uh, A.K.A. Rosabella Mendez, who was genetically, uh, oh sorry, genetically enhanced by the Wildebeest Society. Was, what? Yep. <laughs> with super strength and agility, enhanced senses, and deadly claws, with no pass of her own. Fuck, of course. Right. <laughs> Rose Bell finds a new life as a member of the Teen Titans until tragically killed by Superboy Prime during oh Infinite God. Crisis. Yes. Of course. That I have to read Infinite Crisis. That's how they get you, dude. Uh, in Blackest Night, she returns as one of the many Black Lanterns to prey on the Teen Titans, but is granted rest once more thanks to the light of Dawn Granger. Because that's how that ends, if you guys didn't. <sighs> Didn't know that because that's how we that's how we do it around those here. bastards. <laughs> well, yeah, dude, because she is the dove. The dove is the is the true white light in in the universe. She I, is the. <laughs> I guess I can take that at some level. <laughs> um, but yeah, Panther character design looks pretty sick. Uh, the fact that she was killed by Superboy Prime only makes me want her back even more. Right. You know, it just seems like a thing. Now Superboy Prime's coming back. Maybe he'll usher in. Maybe the Superboy Prime coming back in the in the metal thing is uh is him bringing back all the people that were uh, erased after uh you know he did his all his thing. That'd be kind of cool. No. Could be. Yeah, I'm into that. Why not? Make it happen. Do do whatever you want. Let's see. Yeah, I think that was it. There was. I mean, there's. There's, there's some other ones. There's, there there's, there's definitely some other ones, but also, like like we were saying before, the point is, do better. These are like the big ones. <laughs> These are the big ones. And I remember when you and me sat down to like talk about this, we were having trouble coming up with more than like a half dozen. Yes. Of like ones that were worth talking about. Yeah, it was like, what, Miles, Jaime, yeah. Jessica. The others, Renee Montoya. Renee Montoya. Yeah, that's really probably it. Actually, yeah, I mean they probably got the best stories too. I Those mean, are, yeah, but that's <laughs> like don't get me wrong. I I haven't read a Miss Miss America story, but spot, I, right, yeah, but right. I haven't heard of too many too many acclaimed ones. And that just could be me, you know, being an yeah. ignorant comic book fan. But also, comic books pretty pretty small niche yeah. community. Usually, we we hear about most of the the good stuff in, in yeah. some way or another. You know who? You know, I was trying to think of uh, villains too. And there's, was, only, there's, well, only, there's only one. There's that only I one can, that I can think of. And you want to say it on three? Okay. All right. One, two, three. Bane. Bane. Yeah. Easy. Yeah, that's the only one I can think the of. The fucking man. The luchador. Oh, my God. He is is a force. He is a force. He's cooler than anyone we've named. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> dude. Oh, my God. So much so. Fantastic villain that's the hardest thing to do with any kind of minority representation true you want to have like heroes and shit like that every hero with a minority typically you have it the some kind of social oppression or social yeah. justice issue woven into their backstory right and then that's why they become better right 
when you have a social justice issue woven into a backstory of a villain and that's why they become worse things get a little sketchy there and that's when also becomes important to have these people voiced by humans who share those same experiences that's true that's because true. the second you start having like a group of white dudes talking about like how oppressed this black character is right it starts to be like well you we gotta be careful with these it's funny that you, you know? say that because i was gonna say i i felt like one of the few bright spots from tom king's run on batman was how he handled bane, bane. yeah 100%. And I'm not saying yeah. that you oh, can't yeah. do it. I'm right. just saying that that's where it gets difficult. Yeah, well, because, I mean, well, Tom King is also Tom King. Not yes. everyone is Tom King. And he is, yeah. in, you know, he's very aware. Yes. The man is 100% aware of the time he's living and the people within it and and the nature of the culture. And comic books and, and his, like, his responsibility as a as a creative. Yeah. So. Maybe he, not so much with that whole Jay Lee situation, but that's a. That was a bit messy. Yeah. But um, <laughs> generally speaking, I think yes, he's generally. pretty good about that kind of stuff. But yeah, I mean, it's tough to do villains of minorities because you don't want to. Make, make it seem like they're evil. Exactly. Because they're minorities. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's where, you know, if you, if you weave in elements. Okay. So, Hawkman is gonna the the cast a black actor play Hawkman. Yeah, I right? saw about that. Was the, that a rumor or was that confirmed? I think that was confirmed. Oh, okay, I saw well, it on the DC feed. I love him, so he's I'm, a great actor. Yeah, I'm I'm here for that. No, yeah. no problem with that. No issues at all. But also, and the, what? It also what? Yeah, it's a traditionally white character. <laughs> yeah. Blah blah blah. The whole idea of reincarnations, like if he if they want to go the route of he's this ancient character from Egypt or some other time, he's Egyptian. <laughs> then it kind of makes more sense to him be a person of color. Egyptian person, I guess, would have been preferable. Whatever, that doesn't matter. What I'm saying is, it was never really that essential for him to be a white person, not or a black at person, all. Or whatever. So it's uh, like, yeah. especially after reading uh, Venditti's Hawkman run, right? That really drives it home that like Hawkman oh, is. A, it don't fucking matter. Essentially, univ- uh, sorry, multiversal Spider-Man. Is yeah, he could have yeah. been anybody. <laughs> yeah, literally. So on the other hand, <laughs> when you have a character like Miles and their ethnicity is important to the character Extremely right then you have to have it represented like that if you have a villain and their ethnicity is important to the character you have to be careful not to make that ethnicity those those traits about them that are important to their culture or their upbringing dependent on that i get what or you're caused by it right because then you would be vilifying that you know you don't exactly. want to say like here's a muslim villain and the reason they're a villain is because they're muslim or something like that right. we already did that for like 20 years yeah. with every spy movie Ever. or thriller yeah, you know literally. from 2000 on they wouldn't they weren't even naming the organizations they no. were just like these guys are this color you know and they're doing this exactly stuff. the browns <laughs> are over there yeah. we got a problem <laughs> we got a they problem got the codes they've got a hold of the nuke the football always with the codes dude they've all they got them you know they're good at that we gotta get tighter with the codes we do that's what i learned but yeah you know you can't that's why i think villains can be hard it's one thing you see the list of heroes some of them are good some of them are bad some of them are pretty popular yeah but the villains are a lot drier and i think it's just a more difficult route to take when you're introducing characters but also people really love villains and when you do them right you can make them a big deal and i would like we said bane is the most interesting person on the list, and he wasn't on the list. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <He> was, <laughs> yeah. like, I'd rather read about him than pretty much any of those people. Yeah, you know, I think I have read about him more than L- any of those people. Probably, dude. <laughs> in, a, in a perfunctory secondary role as yeah, an antagonist. Literally. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so it's like, it's difficult. So 
I'd like to see more. I'd, and I thought it'd be cool maybe name off just a couple of uh, comic book creators. Oh, yeah, are, oh, yeah. Like, for sure. Like, oh, yeah, the yeah. big one was George Perez. Oh, well, yeah. Right? That was the first one that comes to That's mind for me as well. That's the first one that came to mind for me, too. Yeah, definitely George Perez. Jorge Jimenez. Of course. Of course. Who's from Spain, right? Well, I want to say he's he still from lives Spain. in Spain, I think, right? Uh, Alvaro Martinez Bueno. Yeah. Of course. Um, um, is Albuquerque? Um, what's his name? Uh, uh, oh, my God. I think oh, is geez. it Alvaro Albuquerque? I think so. Yeah, I think yeah. it's Alvaro. Yeah, I think there's actually a couple Albuquerque. Or is it Alberto Albuquerque? I think it's because there's one who did um, Vampire Diaries and Animal Man, right? And I can't remember his first name, but I remember it's Albuquerque. And there was another one. I was like, oh, is he do that? But he it was different. Yeah, the same first initial, I think. Joe Casada. Yeah, yep. Yeah. I'm trying to think of more. I know uh, there's, there's uh, no, there's more book I'm reading right now, uh, written by Carla Pacheco. There you go. Uh, so yeah, Carla Pacheco, Spider Woman. Also, artist is uh, Pere Perez. Nice. Yeah, shots to them. Definitely talking about that a little bit later. Ooh, that's falls into an interesting territory. But Ricardo Federici, the guy who does the art for Last God, he's oh. of, of Romani descent, and that's kind of like a. I'm not familiar. Mm, the it's kind of used. People use the term all, like gypsy all the time, but oh, as a gotcha. colloquial term for it. But it's actually viewed as a pejorative term. Like that's like almost like a slur, right? Yeah, in, yeah. In some circles, right. so that's I only said it for that to clarify it. Right. But yeah, he's a Romani uh, descent, so I don't think that really qualifies. Oh, you said Vermani. No, Vermani, <laughs> I was like, what like is Roma that? And Rom- yeah, Vermani, not real. Well, you know, might also be a species Romani. Of, who? Uh, the Grayson. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. The Grayson also Romani. Makes sense, but anyway, there's there are a lot of really talented comic book uh, creators. Yeah, writers, creators, uh, artists. Uh, a lot of artists, it seems. Yeah, dude, there's like a whole like, like, like squad. Yeah, like of of really prominent, popular, and consistent uh, Latino and Hispanic uh, artists whose work I are in constant rotation. Of course, we mentioned Jorge Jimenez and Jose Albuquerque. Yeah, and we weren't just saying them just just to say them. Those guys no, those were on. Justice League, Batman, and Huge Justice books. League Dark. Those are massive books. Yeah, and we talk about how much we love how they look every single time yes. we talk about them. Yes, those They're are definitely like probably top five. So talented. Like, yeah, for, for us, yeah, very much so. Yeah, incredible. So it's good to see, you know, more representation in that field as creators and as, as characters is super welcome. Need more. Need more. Yeah, you can't have enough, really. Yeah, you really can't because, you know, I see, I see all the books on the shelves. There are there. A lot of books on the shelves. Yeah, they do. A, there's an interesting, um, like, there's better representation I've seen in in a lot of indie comics. Oh, especially. most definitely. Like, there's definitely they're not as afraid to go like, oh, here's a trans character, here's a lesbian character, here's you know, black character or Asian character. They're a lot more willing to go that route. But then at the same time, that is that's fantastic, and a lot of those stories are killer A plus stories. Right. But like, sometimes those things kind of get lost in it. You know, like sometimes it's like, well. This character really could have been anybody. It could have been oh, yeah. a black character, white character, could have been anything. And that's a that's a hard line. It's, a, it's yeah. a good thing. It is a good thing. But then it's also like I get what you're saying. I want I get more of it to matter too. You right. know, like it's good to have the just the exposure of like, you know, this like oh you know this guy's talking about his girlfriend. His girlfriend's black, and that's right. just it is a thing. Right. It's not like a big deal. Right. That's, that's his girlfriend. Right. Yeah. That's actually one thing that I like about um. Uh, no one's rose. Uh, a show, uh, a book that I talk about a lot. Uh, two of the characters, they are gay and they're interracial, mm-hmm. and the interracial part hasn't come up at all. Sure, uh, yeah, which I thought was like pretty interesting. Uh, but also, they're dealing with you know plant people, so they're probably past <laughs> the point of 
worrying about if you're black or white. So it's sure totally understandable. It's crazy. You're crazy. I, <laughs> I don't want to say Adrian Vate was right. Well, he we saw that he was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying if there were plant people, we'd be a lot less concerned about the color of our skin. We'd we'll be, be a lot more concerned about the plant people. Also, the color the color of the plant people. Oh, for sure. Well, uh, the, the, the purple plant. the purple plant people. Dude, <laughs> I was gonna say you know the red plant people hate the yellow plant people. Like they have a serious problem with them. You know, like. That's what started their major diaspora from their original planet. It just started everything, you know? Like I don't want to say it started <laughs> irrigation. You know what? I'll oh, stop. my God. I'll stop. We're moving on. <laughs> to the books. To the comic book review. We're books. wrapping up our topic of the day before it gets too, too, too jokey. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, well, now this is the portion of the show where we talk about the stuff that we read last week. And what's, your, uh, what's your distribution look like? Pretty even. Yeah. I've got one DC, one the black labels. Okay. Last God. Uh, Marvel. What is it? Vault. A lot of vault and representation that I noticed. I think we got four yeah. vault books between us. Two vault books. No image. My my indie books are both vault. Okay, yep. I got two vault books yep. and one image. One boom, one DC. Oh, sorry. Two DC. Let's do... Let's start with the indies first. Let's do indies. Yo, yeah. bold. Yeah, let's do the indies. Bold. Give them some love. Let's do, you know what? Let's do Vault. Yo. Let's do Vault. It's their year. It's, dude, I mean, we got we got four Vault books Crack, on this random That's crazy, actually, right? That's pretty wild. Crack open the Vault. <laughs> okay, that's good. Right? <laughs> shit, is that their thing? Dude, yeah. I don't think so. If, we should, yeah, shit. I know. We should tell them. All right. We'll add them. <laughs> Um, I'll, I'll start with this just because, cause I think, do you have, should I've we start got, with the stuff that we've been reading and then go to the number ones where we're thinking the same thing? I was thinking the exact same thing. That's how I had an order. Okay. Too. Perfect. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to pick up with energy. Oh, sorry. Energy ward. <laughs> nice. Engine ward. Number three, written by George Mann, art by Joe Isma, colored by Michael Garland. And, uh, just to do a quick recap. We have the engine wars. They are these engineers slash scientists, researchers, excavators type people. They live on like this desolate planet and they're ruled by essentially the zodiac signs. Right. right. And they are like these weird, not 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 too weird, but they're uh, they look to have power. Some of them are like uh, animal, have animal like uh, uh, physiques. Uh, some of them are red, but, you know, they. <laughs> nice. They, yeah. The goat horns, you know, they 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 resemble, you know, the zodiac signs that they obviously are named right. after. The anthropomorph anthropomorphization yes Oof, yes there you go right. i was the one i was trying to avoid yeah i don't like <laughs> saying that i know it in my head it doesn't come out right ever <laughs> um but yeah so the whole thing um the the big conflict right now is that our group has just figured out that um there was once a ancient race of individuals that was trying to terraform the planet that they're on right now using this weird seed like technology because, like I said, it's a desolate wasteland type area. Yeah. And they were going to make it uh, essentially like a, a green planet, like an Earth almost. Yeah. And they're trying to figure out why are we going through famines and experiencing drought and under the at the mercy of these, you know, Zodiac gods who don't really give a fuck about us when there's this rumor to be that this the seed thing that was going to give us, you know, endless water and endless vegetation. Like, it's like something about this is off. Um, this is led by our lead character, Joss. Um She's a redheaded lady, very fiery, of course, and Classic. Uh, and everyone's kind of giving her shit because in our in the first issue, we lost one of our crew members uh, via ex- excavation through some kind of dinosaur-like monster, and uh, sure. right, of course, 
but we found this thing. It's like a head from a fucking robot like, and that's how we figured out about the seed. So now she's saying that we've reprogrammed the robot. It knows kind of where we should be looking for the seed and the technology to activate it. But it's like way, way deeper into where they were excavating. So nice. Exactly. Right. So it's the unknown. And, you know, we already lost someone because we were fucking around over there. Right. Blah, blah, blah. We also don't want the fucking Zodiacs to know we're doing this shit because clearly they, they know something we don't. Right. Because the technology that the, that the robot is telling them about resembles the palace that mm. the Zodiacs are living in. Right. Okay. So the Zodiacs are like, okay, we got a fucking bleep in the system. Apparently someone activated a fucking robot and is telling them about the fucking bullshit. So right. they so they know they know kind of what's up right now. Gotcha. Um, but they don't know where it's going on. So they tell uh they tell I think it's Virgo. Yeah, they tell Virgo to get down to the bottom of this. And Virgo's like, okay, I'll get down to the bottom of this, but like I'm not gonna tell you how I do it, okay? She literally goes down to the bottom of the palace. Nice. At the bottom of the palace, she has her own one of these robots hooked up to some shit. Ooh. Yeah, right? So <clears> she's <throat> like, yo, pinpoint the signal. Tell me where it is. And the robot's, oh, yeah, like, I can help you, but, like, I can help you a lot better if you, like, you know, release me. Mm-mm. And she was like, ha like, you yeah. know, you're literally alive because I want you to. Like, nice. I'm, not, I'm not doing anything for you, you silly person <laughs> um, or robot or whatever. So, you know, give me the signal or I'll turn you off. <laughs> Brilliant. So get some signal. Let them know, like, oh, you know, it's the fucking engine wards. And it's the engine wards you know is this. It's Joss and her crew. So she goes, oh, yeah, I know who it is, but, like, I don't want to really, like, handle it myself. Like, does someone, like, kind of want to take care of this? She goes to Gemini, and the Geminis are like, you know what? We'll take care of this because, you know, obviously we want to make sure this gets done right. We also like the fact that you'll owe us one after this. Sure. So now with the intel of the Virgo, the Gemini are hot on the trail of our our protagonist group as they venture further into the, uh, the unknown. And while they're so the book ends with them camping out, they've go they've gone through a whole tiff about you know should we keep going? Why are we searching? It's 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 that part is like kind of cool. There's some character development going on, but it it goes about exactly how you think it's gonna go because mm. everyone's like oh it could be dangerous, but she's like but you know we can't keep living like this. Right. You know isn't yeah. it worth the try? Isn't it worth going out and yeah. you know you know how it goes. Um, but then they're attacked by this group of individuals wearing like this armor and they have like Adam like symbols on their armor plates. Mm. And then they're screaming for the Adam as they attack them on that campsite. Okay. So I don't know what's that about. They also saw that they had the drop on them a bit earlier in the book. They like had their binoculars on them. Um, but we didn't get much during that. But then we get the attack at the end. So huh. interesting. Very interesting. So we got one of the Zodiacs holding little little Adam there. Oh. So I don't know. Does the Zodiac sign have anything to do with Adams? Is there with one of them that does that I'm missing? I don't know. Not sure. Yeah, not not ones that comes to mind. But I'll do some research on that and see if we can uh, get some spoilers going, some some speculation for the next one. But yeah, Engine War number three, uh, another solid addition in the story. Um, first two were definitely uh, a little bit more... Um, What's what I'm looking for? Fast pace with the energy. Um, sure. And like, because a lot of stuff was just like being revealed. But now that we're kind of in the world, this was kind of like a, a step back a bit. But it seems like we're about to get back into the action, obviously, mm. at the end of this one. So, pretty solid issue, Engine War number three. Nice. Good to hear. Yeah. Well, also on 
Issue number three, actually. Nice. Is Bleed Them Dry, a ninja vampire tale. Brought oh, yeah. to you by Elliot Ray Hall with art from uh, Dyke Ruin and colors from Michael Muerto, which has to be a pen name, right? But if it's your real name, props to you, dude. That's, <laughs> That's pretty sick. sick. So sick. So <laughs> if you remember, this is indeed a tale of vampires and ninjas. And this is, we're just doubling down on that. So <laughs> time has passed. Uh, our hero, our maybe? This, this woman who was a cop. <laughs> Who was a cop? She's kind of been brought into our ninja vampires crusade. The the ex yakuza member. Gotcha. His um his war on vampires. The ancients is what they call him. Mm. And so he's been successfully over the past I think three months just murdering people, murdering vampires. They now have taken to calling him the Vampire Slayer. Shoutouts to Buffy. Hell yeah, love and that. Sarah Michelle Gellar. But uh yeah, so that's the thing that's been happening. Kind of gets hand waved. Homegirl's talking about how, like, she's she's going over the steps you would take from her knowledge as a cop mm -hmm. to survive being kidnapped and held by somebody. She is being held against her will, technically. You know, she's helping him. Right. But she's not, like, she's not there because she wants to be. She's getting caught. She's been caught up in this, you know, everything with, since she saw her partner, who's a vampire, kill a witness. Things kind of gotten out of hand there, and now she knows more about them that they're extra-dimensional beings who've come here to trap them, all that stuff. That that was in the second issue. That was pretty wild. Wow. Okay. But yeah. Yes. Yes. So we find out really this issue is just a build-up to quick fight between our lead vampire and then her ex-partner, who gotcha. is also a sketchy vampire, the one who got cut in half and left in the sun. I remember this. Yeah. So he's the half cyborg now. He's pretty. Okay. Pretty scary. That's pretty sick. He is awesome looking. I mean, that's who's on the cover. Okay, that's sick. Sick, yeah. right? Yeah. So he's in there. It's all kind of anime. He's laughing <laughs> at the guy. Like, he's supposed to be protecting. This, oh, this like, looks good. Like a guy, like a wealthy dude, you know, and he doesn't really care about him, obviously, from obviously, the start. But he's yeah. like, oh, you know, we're going to use you as bait <laughs> right. to draw out the Slayer, you know, and then I'll take care of him. Don't worry about it. So they draw it out successfully. And the guy's like, why aren't you helping me? And he's like, I just don't care about you. And pulls out his katana and kills him in the car. Wow. Even though the guy was there to kill him. So right. clearly he doesn't care. Right before that, he was joking that he was this vampire slayer. Oh. And he's like, ah, oh, what do you think of that? And the guy's like, are you, <laughs> guy's like, are you serious? And he's like, no, I'm kidding. But I got you. Though. And he's like, why would you joke about that? You're terrifying. So then we have what can only be described as the most one-sided fight in the history of Vault Comics. <laughs> where... <laughs> <laughs> well, he puts a virtually no fight up against the uh, her cop, her former partner. Gotcha. Uh, before getting his throat slit. Oh wow! Freaking out. He's a vampire though, so he'll be chilling. Okay. He's just he's just losing all of his strength because right. he's bleeding the too blood. quick. Yeah. He blows up a hole in the wall behind him and then escape? jumps into the water. Yeah, you gotcha. can see him looking down. He's like, "I'll get you, dude. You got nothing <laughs> on me." But while this is happening, the woman who's been helping him. She gets raided. Homie has like super oh. vampire hearing thanks to the cybernetics and the vampireness. Oh my god! Hears <laughs> the them. Hears them talking through the communicators. Wait, what? While he's in the speeding limo in a tunnel. What? And he sends people to go get her. So they they seem to grab her. 
she escapes as well oh, okay. and goes to what might be a former love interest okay. in dire situation. Though this is easily the coolest panel in the book when you see our antagonist go up to a mirror and confirm the whole old, uh. the old wives' tale of vampires not being able to see themselves. Okay, this is pretty sick. So you can only see his cybernetics. Yeah. Really dope, right? That's a sick shot. Really cool panel. The whole um, vampires not being able to see themselves in mirrors coming from the fact that silver used to be used in mirrors to help create reflection. And silver is often associated with purity. So that's what, in case you want. Now you know. I did not know that was how the mirror lore worked. Right? Yeah, I know. It kind of seems like a weird thing until you dig way into like ancient mysticism bullshit. Yeah. It's great though, right? (laughs) Anyway, so this was... This was a really solid issue. It was a lot of like hunting and setup for yeah. a cool, fairly quick, but still really good fight. Gotcha. Um, and so I really enjoyed it. And it was cool to see our vampire protagonist meet somebody who could not ha- or could hang and fight him so expertly that right. it was finally putting him at a disadvantage. Okay. So I really enjoyed that. Definitely will keep reading it. Um, it's interesting to see now. Hopefully we get to flesh out the, the pr- cops backstory a little more i want to see more about like what her deal is because she's also a vampire now i believe yes he has turned her at some level right other typical vampire lore exists and she's still significantly weaker because she's a fresh freshly turned right she's not vetted in she hasn't been blooded in exactly nice dude that's good that's good she hasn't been blooded in (laughs) (laughs) and um the newer you are, usually the less powerful you are. You know, right. the more ancient a vampire, the more powerful you are. So she's kind of like out here more powerful than humans, but she's, you know, she would if she was in that fight, she would have been killed instantly. Gotcha. So very interested to see how her trajectory continues as a new vampire, how her old Yakuza's, you know, bloodthirsty crusade ends. And uh, really the most interesting character is this crooked vampire cop who is now half mech suit man and half badass. So... Very, very much enjoying Bleed Them Dry. Nice. Okay, sticking with Vault, I'm going to go to The Autumn Knoll, number one, written by Daniel Krauss, art by Chris she- Sheehan, and a colorist, which is funny enough, colors by Jason Wordy. Hmm. Jason Wordy ah. on, the, on the colors. That's good. It's like how the drummer and ZZ Top. God damn it. Okay, well, I won't go there. But look <laughs> no, it up. Dude, you got to let, the, you gotta look let it up, people, people know. <laughs> so you know how ZZ Top's got the guitarist and the bass has got long beards, right? The drummer doesn't have a beard, really. He's got a little, little short facial hair. But guess what? His name, Frank Beard. Hysterical. <laughs> so, so really, he's got the beard longer than anyone else in the band. Continue. So Autumn Null number one. <laughs> It's a, uh, it's a, it's a, uh, the story of a single mother and her daughter, and it's it starts off pretty pretty rough. Um, uh, the mother's name is Cat. She is getting out of a taxi. She's going. Uh, she's going to the school. It's after hours at this elementary school. Sure. Kids being held after hours because they're talking to the principal. Kids messing up. Of course. I think she's in the third grade. Ugh. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, and she's a. Uh, She's very much wise beyond her years for a ah. third grader. Uh, as we can tell, her mom keeps it pretty straight with her, talks to her like an adult, mm. and in turn, the third grader now talks to children and other like adults it. like an adult. I love it. Um, at one point, she says, uh, oh, like, you know, what's happening? What's going on? And the kid, the kid um, who is, oh, my God, what's her name? Sybil. So, ah. little little baby Sybil. You know, that's almost, that's almost like naming a little girl Phyllis. You're right. You know? <laughs> You're an old person. Though. Yeah, You're already an old person. 
So, of course, Sybil is, you know, mouthing off. <laughs> she goes, I was Mistress Explosion Destroyer again, even though I said I wouldn't be. So, <laughs> so the what we find is the... <laughs> Sybil is a, must be a fan of, of the of the source because she's at that point where she's you know, learning words and yeah. trying to throw stuff in there. At one point, they they uh, see a bunch of a uh, bunch of leaves and she refers to them as a tsunami of leaves. Love that, right? You know, just it's, just, it's a cool way for for a little kid to talk. Great kid, right? Uh, well, sometimes nice, <laughs> even uh, better. Not when she's. Uh, Punching kids in the nose and kicking them in the kneecaps because that's what that's Oof. what she did. She essentially broke a kid's nose or almost broke their nose. Well, yeah. Did they deserve it? Well, she says that they did. Ah, of, of course. Uh, <laughs> and she said, "Mama told me that a woman should should defend herself." Okay. And then her mom's like, "Now's nah, not the time. Now's <laughs> 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 not the time." And so then the principal is kind of giving her crap, like, you know, we don't want to have to call anyone, blah right. blah blah. And this like sets the mom off, cause like the mom's like, "Call somebody, you know, call call whoever you want, you know, we'll we'll, we'll be long gone, you know, by the, by the time you know anyone you call gets here." So sure, this seems like you know pretty on brand for yeah, right for for these two individuals. So we flash back to earlier, she's on the phone getting the call calls about her mother uh which is which is so strange because she's like uh she gets a call by a woman named gertrude and she's like who's who the hell's gertrude and uh they're like trudy he's like oh wow i forgot <laughs> like, she's just, so that's their relationship all right uh and she's like we can't hear much from the conversation just kind of lips and like stuff here and there but her mother has passed away okay and it seems like she's left Cat, her, her daughter, uh, older woman, the house. Okay. We come to find out that she did not leave her the house. It was left to someone else who okay. in turn left the house to her. Oh. So, well, we have we haven't figured out what that means yet. Um, but before we make that discovery, we find Cat taking Sybil from the school directly to. <laughs> Like, like, see, they, they don't have any of the stuff like from the house. They just go like whatever was like. The, they got a couple bags and they just hop on over to Comfort Notch, home of America's prettiest autumn. Population three thousand five hundred thirty-three. Okay, okay, and they get there and it's absolutely gorgeous. Wow, it is a beautiful little town. Looks like it's somewhere in fucking Connecticut or Vermont somewhere. Sure, uh, very quaint. And they're just like, you know, they're, they're, they're loving it. Like, wow, what a, what a beautiful place. And the strangest thing happens. A leaf falls. Mm-hmm. Sybil goes to pick it up. And a man pops up, like, almost out of nowhere, grabs a leaf from her and says, don't do that. What? <laughs> and they literally make the face you just made. <laughs> okay. And then he's like, oh, yeah, you know, there could be, like, pesticides on the ground or something. <laughs> and they're like, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> And then this kind of like sets them off because at first they were like enamored by the beauty of everything, of course. Right. But now they're like looking around, and Sybil's like, "Mom, so, why is every, up. why is everybody looking at us?" And she's like, "Well, I got tattoos and a black eye, and you got a bloody nose and are a child." So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. And then she's like, "Mom, why is there only white people around?" She literally Yo. says that, and the mom was like, "You're very observant. This is weird." <laughs> <laughs> this is this is already fun. Uh, so they're walking, they're walking, they're they're on their way to um, the funeral home. 
Sure. She's going to see the, the mother is in, in the casket, which is, oh, I forgot to mention, she requests that the casket be open. Well, when she gets there, the casket is closed. Ooh. Okay. So. Mystery box. It's your dead mom. Uh, <laughs> nice also one, Also in here, we get the <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Damn you, Jar Jar <laughs> So, uh, she she lets Civil go play off with some kids. Some, there's some some kids finally uh, playing around, and they're singing this song. And the song is creepy as shit. Okay. And along with the song is this this these chalk uh, drawings that kind of depict what's going on in the song. And I don't want okay. I don't want to sing all the words, but it's pretty dark. Um, it involves a man. Sending in a pig to eat a child. Oh. And then the wife finds out about this, obviously. Sure. And, you know, shuns the man. He's like, oh, you must die. She kills the man. Oh, my. And then uh, it looks like she uh, she leads um, she leads people on a, on a hunt to look for other men doing this, seems like. If other men feeding children to pigs. She's like on a hunt for murder men. Murder men. Gotcha. Murder okay, gotcha. But this, the I don't know why the pig thing it's weird. Is, is there, uh, but this is what I'm gathering from the song and from the images, which even though they are chalk and not not very descriptive, but along with the uh, the song is rather unsettling. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So that I would was say that was pretty neat. Yeah, <laughs> um, it is. So they go to the funeral, and they're the only ones there. Ah. And uh, they're also an hour and a half late. Typical. Uh, right? And she was like, oh, I requested there be an open funeral. Like, why is it closed? And I was like, oh, like, you know, it was better this way, essentially, that it was closed. And she's like, what? So they're sitting there. <laughs> and uh, they're talking to the, uh, I don't know what to call the the funeral parlor, the the the, the like woman the, who's working, yeah, yeah. Sure, the sure. mortician, no, yes, yeah, I think that maybe. counts. She whatever role she's playing, sure. She's speaking to her, kind of talking about her mother, and it's just like things just aren't adding up. She's asking her some questions, and she's getting like unsettled by the answers, huh? And and she says, you know what, whatever, I'm gonna pretend like this is normal. Sure. <laughs> Lady goes off. She goes to the casket, opens up the casket, and it's like. What? Then the woman pops out of nowhere, closes the casket, and she was just like, "Oh yeah, it, it looks like someone just like pulled the bouquet, and you know, got some stuff around in the casket. That's what was going on." And the mom's like, "Yeah, that's that's what I think I saw. Someone must have played around with the bouquet." Was she surrounded by leaves? No, what? her mom was leaves, bro. Whoa! So I don't know what's going on. So my immediate thought went right to you, probably where your head's going too. Is this some family tree shit, you yeah, know, going on? Right. But when I saw this, I was like, "What? That's interesting." So I'm probably gonna read the second one of this, just yeah, <laughs> because I'm I'm into it. I don't know what the heck's going on. First off, it's funny. It's, yeah, yeah, it's, sounds like it. it's pretty funny. Also, weird, like. Like I, it's the funny the thing is the creepiest part was when homie plucked the <laughs> the leaf from him and just like don't do that and I was like oh what dude yeah so Autumn Old number one uh by uh Daniel Krause Chris Sheehan and uh Jason Wardy from Vault 
check this check this one out. This was a this is a pretty neat book. Damn, you think it's some kind of like pagan cult type thing where Dude. like the trees are like people's remains and the, mm. that's why they're like weird about the leaves because they're like still the people man man shit dude you're probably right it's probably something like that call me Ari Aster hey oh hereditary in <laughs> summer sorry you know what else is 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 funny and weird and unique oh from vault yeah is, is heavy oh okay and oh my god yeah what a book this was dude <laughs> it was really fun so Luckily, I didn't read this at first. I'm glad I didn't. But <laughs> on the back, there's kind of like a summary. Okay. That is, I think, the best way to put it. And I'll go into a little more. So, Heavy is brought to us by Max Bemis on the words, Eric Donovan on the orts, Chris Peter on the colors, and Taylor Esposito on the letters. And Heavy is, Bill may be dead, but he's got a job to do. Welcome to the big wait, where folks who don't quite make the cut go to work off their debt. Where is Jacob? Right? <laughs> Everyone in the wait's got a job. Bill is a heavy whose job is policing the multiverse, making sure bad eggs get what's coming to them. He's on track to earn his climb and reunite with the woman he loves until he meets a new partner, the worst dude of all time. A story about the existential purpose of dumb boys with big guns. What? Uh... Amazing, and boy howdy is it! All these things. So remember how it started when we were looking in the comic shop, and I yeah. open up the page, and it's and I turn to this one. Me, the yeah. second page. Yeah. And the top corner of the splash, it's this just large man in a white shirt with blue jeans punching a child, and it just says, <laughs> the bubble says, like punching some dickish teenager in his dumb fucking face. <laughs> Hilariously, the thing right before that is, we could get deeper into the intellectual crap behind this. But if this is a story about boys, we got to start off with something that'll grab your attention. Okay, that's good. <laughs> and I, I'm the dumb boy. <laughs> I'm them. I am he. He is me. My attention has been grabbed. It, it was very successful. So we get that. He punches this kid. Turns out the kid deserved it, and then he disappears into a portal. What the fuck? Kind of weird, right? <laughs> you know what's even weirder is this picture of Leonardo da Vinci with a fairly sizable penis. <laughs> you know? He's just there. Like, just hanging brain. And we have to kill him. We have to kill him because in this... So, okay, I might be getting ahead of myself a little bit. He goes back into this place we don't know. He's met by a woman who yes. is excited for his return and then immediately sets him on another job. This is where we kind of find out that he is going off, like I said earlier, to kill bad dudes, bad folk. Right. And the thing is, this is a place... In between time and space, this is kind of like a purgatory setting. Right. So he's not quite good enough for hell, not quite bad enough for heaven. Gotcha. Mix those back up. I'll edit that later. No, you're <laughs> not good enough for hell. You're not good enough. He's not good enough for anything, apparently. Um, which we'll find out more about. So, yeah. So she sends him out to kill this version of Leonardo da Vinci. Because this version of Leonardo da Vinci... kind of bro oh. he, bro he broke bad and mass-produced, like, death machines and armor. Like, steampunk armor for people. And he just, like, took over the planet. Oh, shit. And now he, like, rules out of the Vatican under an iron fist. And so, like, she's like, yeah, you know, go kill him. It'll be fine. The butterfly, butterfly effect will take care of the rest of it. And then come back here when you're done. And I'm like, isn't that kind of a big deal that we kill... This man isn't it kind of a big deal that he took over the Vatican. Well, so the technology he already the what he advanced right now, you know, was enough right to, to kill him. That's that is the assumption, <laughs> but it goes deeper because, like you said, <laughs> there's a it's a multiversal thing, and so 
she's talking about like earlier how she's had to deal with like 15 Hitlers already today and like all this shit. What's happening is there's it's kind of the situation where okay, like we went to Burger King tonight, right? Yes. If we went to Taco Bell instead. That's a whole other reality. Right. So we would have gone different things. We would have seen different people, done different things. Maybe we would have gotten a car accident. Maybe things would happen. Who knows what right. would happen, right? right? Branching realities. And right. so the thing is, every time reality branches off, there's an infinite number of these parallel universes. Gotcha. These people, these heavy specifically, are tasked with bringing those parallel universes that go the bad way into check. Gotcha. So the reality is, there isn't just one Leonardo da Vinci that's uh, a fascist ruler. There's probably millions. There's probably right. countless amounts of them. He's just tasked to deal with this one. Gotcha. Just like how there's 15 Hitlers and all these other things. Right. So these people have to deal with them. What's kind of interesting is, in dealing with them, they also create more branching realities. Right. Right. So, like, this reality where one of the many, where Leonardo da Vinci became a fascist warmonger, by killing him, you've already created another reality. Where now there's a dead Leonardo da Vinci, and, <laughs> and maybe his pupils deify him, right. and they are now this fascist warmongering cult, and now you have to deal with that later, you the, know? So, it's kind of interesting in that regard. Vengeance. Right? <laughs> but, like I said earlier, we're not here for this philosophical crap. We're here to watch this dude generic action man which is basically what they call him just beat the snot out of people occasionally lots of stabbing occurs and it's great so on his way to this new job we find out a little more about this the world there's these people called cherubics whose goal is to seduce shitty partners and expose them okay so that the people in the relationship can find a better partner right okay right interesting uh influences who are essentially in charge of just kind of pushing the public opinion one way or another uh, yeah. it says they're responsible for things like communism and curly man wigs and the twilight saga okay that's pretty good right teamsters who take one for the team but they're actually people who committed suicide and now they use they go back and use their suicide to help other people like they'll push people out of the way from cars to oh. kill themselves or have a jumper land on them to save them. Interesting. So they go they save people's lives who shouldn't die, essentially. Very interesting. Right? Brokers who manipulate economies, <laughs> tokers who are people helping people on bad trips. <laughs> nice. Shockers, clockers, and knockers. Don't not described. I'm sure they are just as fun as any of these other things. But most importantly are the heavies. Er grunt action hero noise, right? And the heavies are, like we described earlier, they go in and they just end bad things yes mainly by stabbing them or punching them and it's as, anything as big as you know evil leonardo da vinci right or as small as like a jerk kid who was bullying somebody gotcha. and he just punched him in the fucking nose well because that kid could have been the guy bullying leonardo da vinci that it's, sent him on the dude <laughs> that's the branching reality you know? that's the whole thing of it right so but our man here he doesn't give a shit he's never given a shit about anything it seems nice. except for one thing his wife. His <gasps> my wife. wife. Yes. My wife. Nice. <laughs> Borat, come and sit. Those jokes are, they're only funnier the longer we wait. But anyway, so my wife, I mean, his wife, also dead. Not, <laughs> also dead. <laughs> not in the big weight, though. Oh. Now, he's assuming a lot of things. He's assuming okay. she's in heaven because she was a quality lass and all that stuff. I'm not so quickly convinced of any of these of kind of things. I'm not convinced she's in heaven. I'm not even convinced she's not in the big weight somewhere. Mm. I but that's just me putting on the, you know, hat, right? <laughs> so, put on the conspiracy hat. So, what we come to discover is he and his wife were killed by the same person. 
Oh. His wife fell in with these mobsters. He calls them Scorsese knockoffs. Okay, perfect. Right? Love this. Love it. Right? And so uh, she falls in with them. Falls in, he and this woman fall in love. She falls out of love because he's a piece of shit. So, and then ends up with our, our hero, right? And so what does this douchebag guy with too much power and time do? He kills our hero and his new lady because that's his gal, right? Ah, right. I'll teach you. <laughs> and so that's how he ends up in the big weight. He wasn't a good guy. He wasn't a bad guy. He's just in the wrong place. Gosh. He's just the wrong guy. Perfect. You know? Nice. So, anyway, while that's happening, we got this great picture of a naked Leonardo da Vinci surrounded by boys because there's a lot of well stuff to support the fact that they Leonardo were all doing it. Might have been real into the boys. They were all doing it back this then. This one's pretty messed up. Um, he's definitely a complete jerk. <laughs> but anyway, so you got a big fun splash. He jumps into the action. He just starts stabbing folks. Stabity stab. And then Leonardo da Vinci's like, he's like, oh, dude, I want this man sucking my toes in five minutes from now. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, oh, real scary. <laughs> but you forgot to invent bullets, asshole. <laughs> Pulls out a gun, shoots up the room. He is saving lives by ending lives. This is a real book. <laughs> Right? And so this is where we have... He just shoots everybody. He just dude, kills the whole awesome. room. That's wild. Hilarious. Right? So, and it talks about how, like, a fr- he was never really good at anything. Right. You know, but he's gotten good at this. Because he's gone on, like, hundreds of these missions. Gosh. So he's now just good at killing people. Because Perfect. that's just what he does for heaven. Or, he's got the reps. Exactly. <laughs> he's, he's ranked it up. We get a quick flashback here. Of, of everything happening there. Ooh, there's this art is the great. tree. I know it's really great. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. And then we have the stereotypical and pointed out by them in a, a lot of self awareness. Yes. So you, uh, you know he's in the room by himself. He's like talking about stuff. How he's a murder machine. So he's like, so like all action heroes, I do what has to be done. I brood about what I've done and I punish myself for it alone in my apartment. I bet you can guess how. That's right. I hallucinate some Jiminy Cricket version of my dead wife so she can tell me what to do. <laughs> and there she is. The dead, Whoa, my, okay. wife. <laughs> um, <laughs> my wife. So, yeah, he has a conversation with her briefly. And so we kind of find out more. He's hurting. He's not doing very well in this nice. situation. Perfect. Right. You know, he just wants to see her. He really does love her. He doesn't care about anything else. He's out there. He has a couple acquaintances, but he's not really close with them. He's just trying to put in as much work as he can to climb, to make it to heaven, you know, and move on. So we see him return to this agency. He talks to this woman again. Find out a little more about her. She's also trying to, she sees the similarness. There's a lot of people here are, you know, they're trying to do their, their time and put it in so that they can quote, have a mansion on the river Jordan and fuck all five Kardashian sisters at once. End quote. Um, wow. Right? But she's here, just like him, for the right reasons. He's there for his wife. She's there for her daughter. Mm. So they're both trying to get righteous and dressed. Yeah. So why she's there, I thought at first she was like an entity within the system, but right. it seems like she's also serving time in the big weight, trying to figure stuff out. The big weight. So one thing you can do to expedite your time, he's gone on like a thousand missions now, right. but he's like, this is, this is taking forever. Right. And he knows that time is a weird construct in this middle ground, right. how but long, still it's taking forever. How long is this even there? Right. So she's like, well, if you partner up with somebody, 
you can double your speed. Oh my god! Right, you can go quicker if you get the partner right, and of course that's exactly what you think. You know, this is now the buddy cop action thing, yes. right? And so literally, you know, this is a story about boys. Boys fight to feel like men. So if I'm the Bruce Willis and I have a new partner, you're already guessing that we're going to spend the majority of this particular boy story adjusting to one another. But did you guess that my only hope I had of seeing my wife again rests in the hands of the same fucking rat fink that ended her life? So he is going to be partnered with the man responsible for his current situation. What? And that is heavy. That's the first issue of heavy. That is heavy. It's super heavy, right? Big weight. So a lot of fun. That seems super fun. It's like a great book. There's lots of fun, like pop culture referential stuff. Yeah, for it's sure. It's taking the piss out of action movies and stuff yes. like that. It's been. It was a really great time. The art, like you saw, fun, energetic, great colors. Um, yeah, super fun super fights and stuff like that. Like I really love this this visual of him like flying out of the sky and he's like trying to have fun with it. So he's like lands yeah. on the back of a steampunk, yeah, yeah, you know, warrior, and like starts cutting him up in midair, and then yeah. gets the grenade. I'm like, yeah. this is such cheesy action, and then that's the whole point. Exactly, combat. And so, exactly, yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because like they reference in the beginning how there's like these philosophical undertones. To this, but it's like we're not doing that, right? But of course, that's the whole point they're trying to drive home. It's just that there's a thick, thick layer of the whole action story parodying at the right. top of it. And it's really good. Yeah. And so I'm really excited to see the little bits of satire that come through and like a larger message at the heart of the book mm-hmm. as it kind of develops. Right. So big fan. Nice. I'm into that. That sounds like a really good book. Actually. Yeah, I'm, I'm huge into it now. I think it's already on its second issue, actually. OK, it might have just came out then. I think, yeah. yeah. I, did, was it brand new or was it? I can't remember. The heavy one came out a couple of weeks ago. But OK, I don't think two was out. OK, when, I don't think two was out when we got it. So maybe it's out this week. I don't think so either. I'm not sure. For not some sure. reason, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm getting the next one. Gotcha. <laughs> what you got? Um, so this one I'm actually going to talk about next week. I just want to mention it real oh, quick because okay. um, I got two more left. But this one, so I, I read through it, but I would like to read it again. Um, it's called An Unkindness of Ravens out of Boom Studios. Oh, right. He ended up picking up this one. Uh, written by Dan Penasoan, uh, Penasian, uh, illustrated by Mariana Ignasi. And colored by Fabiana Mascolo. And this one, it was pretty interesting. It it I don't want to get into it too much right now, but it's very high schooly, a lot of high okay. school vibes, a lot of first name, last name is so popular, a lot of first name, last name is a jock, a lot of first uh, name, last name hangs out with first name, last names only. Ooh. Right? And then we got this click called the Ravens. Ah. Uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. And it's I want to say it's starting to feel like uh, I don't like. I'm trying to think of a high school show that's like drama filled. Uh, Riverdale. Okay, it's literally Riverdale meets Buffy. Whoa! So there you go. So I'll get actually. I want to. I'm gonna read this again. I'm getting next week. It was pretty funny, pretty entertaining. But I want to save my uh, rest of my indie time. For Black Magic, hey, because this book was also in the in the occult realm, right? And I I, I wasn't going to talk about two occult books at length. That's and fair. if there was one to talk about, it was definitely Black Magic number fourteen by Greg Rucka, um, art by Nicole Scott, with the color assisting uh, by Chaira Arena, um, and that's like that because if you don't know, the book is in black and white with some pops of color here and there. 
Right. Um, this one picks up right where the last one left off. It was funny because I was like, oh, what was what happened in the last one? That's right. Uh, Alex, Rowan's uh, best friend, going back to the crib to say, hey, yo, what's up with this whole thing? Why are you at the center of everything going on? I got I got word from Shit. the guy that I'm banging, the nice limp Templar, Lauren. Right, right. Um, and he he gave me the information and like it's it's checking out. So she's on her way to tell her and confront her about this. She is met by a little demon child in the street. Little demon child in the street has her eyes blacked out and is holding a doll. Oh, not a fan. No, very scary. Um, and she's just like, oh, this isn't good. She actually says fuck <laughs> like seven times in the first like six nice. pages. She's like, what the fuck? Um, because she realizes that this is about to be like, this is about to be a real fight. Right, yeah. Um, and, and it gets pretty intense uh she tries to run her over but the girl's like brick hard rock solid uh she oh my god yeah so she stops her with her like torso reaches into the the windshield with the extendo claw nice. hand uh our girl alex jumps out of the car you know tries to confront her hit her with the hooshki do girl grabs the doll twist the doll's leg <gasps> no yep oh. yep it is a voodoo doll and we see Alex's leg also twists. Oh, with the, yeah, it looks you don't, it's yep, it doesn't look it. like that. <laughs> and it look it looks pretty bad, but she's able to uh, gather herself and she uh, confronts the girl and says, Hey, like, you know, stop or you know, I'll, I'll hit you with the shit because I know your real name, right? Right, girl keeps walking towards her. She's like, She thinks she's bluffing, so she goes to like, you know, about, she's about to twist her arm off so she can't, you know, cast the shit. And then as soon as she goes for the arm, she's boom, hits it with the I can't even say it. Nah da da the Lila leaves, a whole bunch of Gotcha. Whole bunch of incantations. Fucking blast the chick. Obliterates her. She's fucking poof poof. Oh my god. Yeah. Pretty pretty gnarly. Uh so she's like, whew. <laughs> that was that was a close one. Yeah. Um she rolls up, you know, uh, into Rowan's place. And obviously, Rowan had just finished, you know, having sex with her new partner. Banging. Yep. Uh, which she obviously should not have done. But she she is sleeping it off. And while <laughs> and while those two are in bed, uh, she is met by another demon, the older demon, uh, who is extremely androgynous. I have no idea uh, what's going on. Love it. it. Terrifying. Like she, you know what it reminds me of? Oh my. It reminds me of him. From Pop of Girls, but yeah, I can totally see that. You know what I mean? Just like, ooh, like you're so creepy. Yeah. But also, I love your outfit. <laughs> right. <laughs> um. So he or they, I should say. There you go. They are talking to <laughs> her cat, which is obviously a magical talking cat. Love it. Who controls the wars that protect the house, as one does, as cats do. As, in real as life. most cats yeah. do in real life. If you've met any cat, yeah. <laughs> um. Confronts her and they're like, "Hey, you know, she's they're doing the whole thing again where you know we know Rowan doesn't want this, you know, <sighs> just just let us let her be." Yeah. <laughs> and then the cat's like, "Yo, you you don't we don't understand. She's got like the strongest power. She's got the most power. If she wanted to take you all down, she could. And she just like needs to find one herself and like use use that energy." um to be the wish that uh that that she can be and mm. uh, the the demon is like you don't understand that's what we're betting on ah. and then just poofs out so well i was waiting for a mm. lot more information from there because i actually don't know what that means 
<laughs> I have read every issue of this. That's I actually don't know what that means. So I'm, I'm fairly confused. Uh, so that was fun. And now, uh, after that, they poof out of there. Uh, Alice comes running in saying, hey, Rowan, got to talk to you. It's serious. I don't care what's going on. We got to talk right now. And before she even gets to it, um, Rowan, uh, her, the, her partner, comes out of the room and says, oh, well, am I like interrupting something? And I was like, no, I'm interrupting something. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm being rude. Like, Rowan, but I have to talk to you. And then her partner's like, oh. I get what this is. I think I get what's going on. And then, so she's like, starts storming out. She was like, oh, like, you know, I didn't think you were going to like make me your side piece so early on into our relationship. And Rowan's like, it's not like that. It's like, this is my best friend, Alex. Like we haven't made out since we were like 14. Like it's like, uh-huh. not, it's like not a big deal. Uh, and she's just like, yeah, sure. Whatever. It's like four o'clock in the morning and this hot chick is just showing up at your house. And like, I'm here, this hot chick who you had at two o'clock in the morning. You know, I, I know your game. Ron's like, this is definitely not my game. <laughs> like, I wish you knew. So you would know this is the farthest thing from my game. Uh, so she storms out. She's like, she's over it. Sure. So Ron's like, ah, I can't have anything in this that, world. Yeah, truly. dude. Um, which you should have known from from the jump. Why are you trying <laughs> to have things wrong? Um, so Alex starts getting to the thing. Well, she's about to start getting to the thing. No, I, my apologies. She leaves uh, afterwards because she's like, this is a bad time. Talk to your girl. Do whatever you got to do. But we're talking about this tonight. Okay? In this time, she actually goes back to her place to talk to uh, Lauren, the nice Templar guy. And to tell her about what happened. Like, you know, I got talked by this demon chick. And then when I went into Rowan's place, guess what she said? She says it reeked of what the demon smelled like outside. Cause uh. Alex didn't see the demon in Rowan's uh, room talking to the cat earlier. So she just recognizes the smell from the little girl that attacked her previously. So now she's trying to put together, you know, the ex- exactly. She's got just enough information to make a plausible guess without, you know, the extremely crucial information she has not gotten from right. the feline. <laughs> so she goes back to Lauren and Lauren's like, all right, this is getting real. This is getting serious. <laughs> I got to go back to the HQ right. because they're not answering the phones and they happen to stop answering the phones right as we were like figuring this shit out. Oh, uh, that's not good. Right. So I'm going to make sure everything's Gucci back at, you know, back at the crib. Can't but be. I, but I'll be back. And oh, you're right. It cannot be because we find out as he's getting onto the plane, he's being followed by no no one remembers this. <laughs> There was a previous guy who was formerly in the Nice Templar who got excommunicated because he was doing a whole bunch of weird other shit on the uh, side. He's tracking homeboy. Oh, boy. So now, once again, we got we, there's never been an issue since, like, issue, like, eight of this where we haven't had, like, a piece of one of the four factions going on. You know, we got the humans. We got, you know, magic users. We got the demons. And then we got the Nice Templar people. And then we all have, like, different sects of individuals inside of all those different things. Right. So, amazing. Absolutely incredible. The Sounds good. Incredible. It's, it's, it continues to be the, the highest level of the magic. Love um, it. This needs to be the show. This, 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 like, the very beginning scene when she's just saying fuck while the little girl is trying to, like. Yeah. That. That'd be the best opening for episode three of season two of this incredible show. Damn, dude. <laughs> so, yeah. Greg Rucka, Nicole Scott, the Dream Team, Black Magic, number 14 from Image. Wow. Fantastic, man. 
Oh, I've got two DC technically. One's the Black Label Last God, and right. then one Marvel. All right, let's do. All right, this works out. Let's do the two DCs, and then we'll end with Marvel. Sounds like a plan. Because that way, because you have a bag issue, correct? For yes, your yes, last yes, one, yes. yes. Yeah, so, so we'll end with yours. Yeah. Cool. I got. Let's let's do. Yeah, you know, let's stay with the magic. We'll keep it flowing. Magic. Justice League Dark number twenty six. Nice. From our boy Ram V on the writing. Frequent collaborator <laughs> to the show and good friend. On the art, Amon K. Nalpalm and the colorist, June Chung. And this one, this one, this was good. This is probably yeah. one of the best ones, you know, in a, in a, I mean, the, 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 this is one of those series that has been, you know, good throughout. But this is definitely one of those when you're like, all right, this is Justice League Dark. You know? Love it. Uh, so we open where Ryrak with the last one picked off, uh, or left off, I should say. Detective Chimp rolling up to the bar. Where fucking Constantine's hanging upside down. Right, yeah. Person hanging him upside down is fucking Xanadu. Oh, he nice. He went to Xanadu. He's trying to get some information. And Xanadu is just like giving him a hard time saying like, I'm not helping you again, John. Like, you know, we, we, we keep doing Classic. this. Everyone knows what's going on like, right I've read the books, Exactly. Okay? You suck. So, but when uh, Bobo walks in, uh, Detective Chimp. Uh, Xandu's like, oh, what's up, Bobo? My man. Yeah, exa- exactly. Like, you're cool. <laughs> Good to see you. It's like, you know what? For you, I'll do the, I'll do the reading. You know. So he flips the card, and it's uh, it's the Knight of Swords, and she was like, oh, Bobo, very timely. You know, of of course, it, this this is a sign. Let's right. let's let's keep this going. It's the X of Swords, yeah. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> this is it. Uh, next card is the Moon card. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Xanadu and uh, well, John is like kind of like, okay, this seems important. Like, what's going on here? Break this down to me. Xanadu is like, essentially, this is it. This is how. This is how you're gonna do it. This is how you win, John. Because the moon. Okay, so I'm not gonna get into the whole thing. It was. It right. was obviously once again. It's one of those things that's beautifully written that I'm gonna not really do justice sure, by trying to explain. Sure. It. Um, but she she kind of pulls out of her ass by saying. The real so there's the magic is two things you know okay there's there's the there's the magic and then there's the trick you know and, uh, and then there's the turn and the prestige I'm kidding I was about to say <laughs> yeah, I was like, Wait a yeah, yeah but, but for real but there's magic and there's the trick the trick is like you know it's the science it's the sleight of hand it's it's whatever you do to get the uh, the the movement across I guess right it's the technique of it exactly the yeah. Yeah, right the magic is getting them to believe. Ah, I like that. Right. That's what this is about, John. This is about believing. And John's like, all right. He's like, like, oh, crazy bird. (laughs) He's like, I I think I I get it. I think I know what to do now. I think I know where to go from here, which is hilarious because I was like, (laughs) (laughs) we got to get to the moon. Right. (laughs) So they're walking out, uh, John and Bobo. And then he was like, don't you want to see the last card? Oh, it's a three-card spread. Right. That's very common. <laughs> don't you want to see the last card? And John's like, I only see the last card. It's always the same for me, remember? It's the fool. It's, all, uh, it's always always the fool. That's funny. Um, and she's like, oh, John, if only that was true. And then she flips the card, and it's the death card. Oh, shit. Right. So. Bum, bum, bum. Interesting. Also, it's very interesting that that card was right next to this 
set of burning candles right here. Mm. What you will what you will notice the coloring of those candles somewhere else that I'll show you a little bit later on. Okay. Um, we go back to uh, Bobo running up on um, Manbat saying, "Yo, nice. right, yo, I swamp things. Made sure you got the thing. He said, make this make the serum for the shit. You got the shit." Manbat's like. You know I got the shit. You know like, it, dude. You're like, come on, come on. We're this, this, this is it. This is issue twenty six. Like, I kind of right. gotta have the shit right now. He's no choice. <laughs> he's a man. He's a bad. He's yeah. You know, he's got it. He's exactly. a scientist. Right. So they're so they're, they're they're good to go. Um, he goes over to I'm blanking on homie's name again. Uh, the new Doctor Fate, who's oh, the kid. Yeah, the kid. Yeah, he's kind of going through some things because like Kent is like he's gone, gone now. Um, okay. off doing whatever i think magic he's, he well he's actually like he's like being a guy he's like i never got oh, to be like a guy before sick. so i just kind of want to be a guy nice and the dude, kids like, like leasing oh, cars and right shit. nice <laughs> well the kids like well how am i supposed to deny you something like that like oh you've never been a real fucking person <laughs> <laughs> so yeah like go go have fun old man right uh so he's like still dealing with some shit and he's like thinking about it because like the whole thing is like you're supposed to go in with like you know not a clear mind, but like you have to like go in like wanting to be Doctor Fate. Gotcha. Because if you go in like you know with your heart uneven, Naboo will like consume you essentially. That sounds right. R- right. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember that being like the rule, no, but, that's, but that, that, that sounds, sounds right. right. It sounds very right. So he's just like, damn dude, I don't want to like commit to this if I'm gonna like essentially lose myself like doing sure. it. Sure. And then Bobo's like, hey man, like what's what's the hold up? Like we're doing this, and the kid's like, I'm just a kid. Like you don't like where like why why aren't you more concerned? About this, like about me, like As, being a doctor, yeah, a child, but, right, right yeah. a child. And Bubbles like, no, we don't have time <laughs> for, for me to be asking you these questions right, right yeah. now, dude. Like fucking Zatanna and Wonder Woman are in the other place right now, fighting the Upside Down Man. Either you can put on the helmet, or we can just bounce. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he doesn't. He's not that aggressive about it. Sure. Like he's like a, a little bit more like mentory about it. Inspiring, sure. Right, right. But that's the essence of it. <laughs> and, and the kid's like, "All right, you're right. I'm fucking Doctor Fate. This is pretty sick. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and I was pretty good at it in the previous arc. So like, let's run it back. Um, so we got the squad. They're rolling up. Constantine, Bobo, uh, Man Bat, and Doctor Fate. Sure, sure. They're like, okay. Well, now what? Because I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> Because we still had to get to the other place, which Wonder Woman Zatanna only got to because Zatanna's a fucking S-tier magician right. who yeah. did the fucking incantation, and Wonder Woman is was the fucking key <laughs> to the other That'll place. That'll do it, yes. Yeah. Uh, and fucking Swamp Thing, fucking Celestial Swamp Thing over to the other side of this shit. Classic. Because he, he's there now. He's in the other place because he, he, he did the thing. Damn. Right. So that was pretty sick. Um, so they're like, so Bobo's like, well, how are we going to get there? And John's like, guys, I got the fucking, the fucking Houdini's key from fucking Giovanni. Just sure, bro. Just put the fucking symbol on the ground and <laughs> like, like, what? Amazing. He's literally like, why are you asking me these questions? Like, let's, let's go. baby. <laughs> <laughs> So they get there, and Swamp Thing, Zatanna, and uh, uh, um, Wonder Woman already duking it out with the Upside Down Man. They're oh, already kinda, yeah, they're already kind of getting into it. Uh, Giovanni, uh, he's on the he's on the ground, still burning, because <laughs> uh, he's been like eternally burning uh, since this whole thing has been like going on. Nice uh, in the background, of course. So they're getting into it. 
there's uh, they they exchange blows and Wonder Woman kind of lures in the Upside Down Man, so Zatanna can get like a like a sneak shot in on him. There's a pretty cool scene like right here, gets the blocking with the shield, and Zatanna hits him with the oh nice with the zap. So just some fun little teamwork going on right there. Swamp Thing comes in, tries to get him with the with the big squeeze, but he sure. pops out with the the magic energy. Of course, the Classic. down back A, and yeah, quite literally. Yeah. <laughs> and then we get a real creepy scene. I don't know if he's done this before, or I just completely forgot. Or this is the first time he has done this. But the upside down man, if you guys know what he looks like, he's just like this kind of gray figure with like just kind of like no like neck head. He just kind of has like a mouth. And like a long tongue and kind of like ghoulish teeth. Love it. Right. He like starts sprouting eyes over his body. That's useful. Right. And he's just like, all right, guys, I, I I'm tired of this. I'm I'm about to I'm about to see a way to <laughs> to, 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 to win this battle. Essentially, fair enough. Um. So it's he like, he, like essentially he is the big mega blast, or we think he hits the big mega blast. Turns out big mega blast is our squad showing up. With the Houdini key, nice. it's you know it's Constantine, it's Bobo, it's the it's the boys, right? They're, nice, <laughs> the boys here. are back in town, and quite literally, and we are treated to probably one I, I I would dare to say honestly one of my favorite pages in all of Justice League Dark. This beautiful little one page right here. Oh, nice. With this beautiful panel work of Constantine explaining to the Upside Down Man how we're going to win essentially, and then everyone else is like kind of chiming in, and it was like. The reason we're going to win is for the same reason why Giovanni's been burning this whole time. The same reason fucking Zatanna's power is amped up here. The same reason Swamp Thing is the fucking, you know, celestial green person right. who can float around the realities now for whatever reason. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> the same reason, you know, the fucking, the, the parliament of fucking everything listened to Dr. Fate for whatever reason an arc ago. And the same reason fucking Wonder Woman is the key to all of this, because she is fucking witch smart by Hecate for of all people. Ah, of course. And that reason is because we believe. Genius. <laughs> and I was like, what? They did it, dude. They fucking did it. And Upside Down's man is like, what? <laughs> belief? That that's that's the that's the secret. And John's like, see, yeah, that's your problem. You don't believe in belief. Oh <laughs> you man, <don't>. absolute slam. <laughs> you you think yourself this all absolute power because you are the herald of the other place. You're the upside down man, so you think your power knows no bounds here, ignoring the fact that you only exist due to Hecti's need for balance amongst magic. Across uh, across realms, so you being all powerful here doesn't really mean anything to us because we're not from here and we don't believe it. <laughs> Shit, dude. So I was like, you know what? Sure, he's got him because I don't know how this works. So just make up the rules. And the funny thing is, upside down man isn't really having it. He was like, you know what? This is getting beyond comical. Like before, it was kind of funny playing around with you guys. I invite you guys to the crib, show you right, around the right. you know the other place. Right. We, we 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 tussle, we scratch a little bit. Sure, but Shirts now first blouses. Right, yes, yes. Exactly. He's like, but now you're insulting my intelligence with, with this whole like belief thing. So if you believe so strongly right now, believe in this. And he hits John with the fucking freeze of finger beams Love it. through the chest, Ooh. and everyone's just like. Ew! <laughs> <laughs> he 
he can still do shit like that. Like, <laughs> it, was, it was pretty wild. Like, <laughs> Zatanna's eyes are just like. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, fuck. I can't believe you've done this. But the best part, and honestly, probably the best part of the whole book is John's face at the end. He is straight up smiling bro what a what a cheeky bugger he is straight up smiling this is somehow part of the plan it's the plan dude. it is the plan john has cut some deal with someone Easy. obviously obviously my guess is that he must have made a deal where if he died zatanna will come back fully full powered. strength uh, fully, yeah yeah full full strength because I think he understands that he is obviously a stronger magician than than John is, especially yeah. in, in in a situation like this. Right. We need like raw magic, magic, yeah, like, yeah, like, like magic force. from birth, like it, yeah, yeah exactly. the OP magic, yeah, exactly. So I think that's what's gonna happen. But also, obviously, this whole this whole thing was reminding us that magic has a price. Sure. So the price of this, although it could be just his life, by John's smile, would almost assume that it's a little bit more complicated than mm-hmm. than just an easy, you know, exchange one life for another, something like that. Right. So we'll see. We'll see. Justice League Dark number twenty six. We got we we started the big fight. Is obviously still going on, but this was a great beginning to the to the showdown, the final showdown, right? Allegedly with the upside down man. So yeah, pretty sick stuff. Mm. Well, you know, death. As a tarot card, often isn't an exact one to one for death. Right. Like right. It usually has to do with endings and beginnings. Right. It can be it has, like rebirth. Yeah, exactly. Right. So death is is sometimes less dramatic than other cards that you could have drawn. So what that's about, actually really interesting. Is it less dramatic than the fool? It could it actually could be. The one that you're really supposed to be scared of is the tower. All right, the tower about is this. like violent upheaval uh, in unprecedented manners. Like yeah. if you would have pulled that was a tower moment. That was a tower. You see, like getting, getting shot through the chest. Yeah, shot through the heart, and you're to blame. You know, I'm surprised that it wasn't in there because there's been a lot yeah. of music references. In these. That was. a big music guy. Oh, love. It. What a guy. What a what a man. Pick up his uh his new um his new India uh, book from Image right now called Blue and Green. It's about a uh, jazz musician who has a uh, intergalactic multiversal like coming of age experience is also like a horror comic as well it's a jazz cosmic horror bro what how are we not reading this it just came out oh okay it's a whole book oh okay. it just well, came out i'm buying that <laughs> anyway, yeah blue and green well almost as exciting as that <laughs> is death metal speed metal oh yeah i read this brought to you by oh yeah people people who make comic books fantastic people of all kinds People like, I think it's Joshua Williams. Joshua Williams, yeah. <laughs> Eddie Barrows on the pencils, Eber Ferreira on the inks, and Adriana Lucas on the colors. Eddie Barrows, so good. Yeah. Well, you know what? Holy shit! Yeah. Yeah. This book is is like the book to give someone to prove that. Yeah. Because that is the first thing I'm gonna say. The book looks sick. Oh my god! Everybody looks awesome. Oh my god! Yeah. Everyone looks amazing. Also, the panels are huge. Yes, there's like eight to ten splashes in this book. There's a lot. It's like every other page is a splash. It's I was like, speed. how are you doing this? You gotta shit. fit all the speed on the page. And you know what else? It did a good job with that. It actually it, did it do actually, a really good job. It felt like I was like, I don't know how to make a comic book feel like a chase, but right. this did it. Yeah, and like. 
I hate to say that it was constantly moving forward. Yes. But, but <laughs> yeah, dude, flashes always go forward. So, but it did a really good job of like that, ha- you know, the first half of it running scared, yes. right? And yes. then there was that nice pause there oh, yeah. where, the, you know, where Wally was bullshit for a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because math. Right. And then, we, <laughs> then we're, and then we're running towards it, you right. know, right? So, but the... The actual feeling of like a chase and then an attack and a chase again right. was very well um, brought executed. through and yeah. executed. Yeah, by this book, I really loved that. Yeah, it was super fun. So, but just for the the folks back home, what we have here is we have our our foursome, our fearsome foursome of speedsters on the run from the Batman who laughs, who has now been reincarnated as. The Darkest Night by shoving his brain inside of a Batman Manhattan, Doctor Batman Hand. Yep. Anyway, he's a real problem, and he's chasing them down. They're running out of the Speed Force. They got to keep moving and grooving. But then we have a moment here where we get another very touching Wally and Barry moment, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we kind of have this interesting. I guess we're moving towards a harder changing of the guard in the future yes. here with, with the Flash, huh? Very much so. And I think with the Flash book ending, it seems like the right time to maybe refocus in on Wally. Uh, apparently, the um, Josh Williams' uh, Flash Seven Sixty Two, which was mm-hmm. the last one of his run, also spoke to this as well. Apparently, they're supposed to be like companion pieces. Sure. Um, we obviously don't. We don't have the other one. Sadly. Um, but a lot of people were saying that Death Metal was essentially the beginning of Wally's new story and the flash is out to the end of Barry's story. I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. And that came through here very well. You know, yeah. Barry has that moment where he's like, I've never, you know, Wally's always in the shadow. Right. That's my thing, you know? And then Barry's like, I didn't mean to do that to you, right. you know, but I want to give you that chance to lead here though. The hypest moment, there's two hype moments for me and they're probably the same as you. One inexplicable costume change. Yes. Fucking sick. Boom. Put Jay, on, put on the edge, dude. Jay Garrick in like the metal vest yes. with the face paint, like Sick. the Bowie face paint. Oh my god, very cool. Oh my god, very I cool. Eddie Barrows, very cool. Sick, <laughs> such a sick moment. The army of undead flashes very with the cool. Joker flash snuck in there. Yes, amazing. Um, and the second best moment for me, at least, <laughs> Wally getting the red flash suit. Oh my god, making it. T- Thanks to the sacrifices of all the other three Flashes, making it to the Mobius chair, and then hitting with the, hey, Batman, who tries too hard. Too slow, fucking metal horns. Yeah. Easy. Oh, 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 oh man. What it, a good moment. It was a lot. <laughs> it was It was so much. It was so, it's I, exactly on brand for this event. It's so on brand. I had to double take at that a couple times. Oh, so yeah. I was like, did he just throw up the metal horns Dude, and say too. too slow? Me too. Like, is this fucking fast nine? Dude, like, <laughs> this is sick. So it was just, again, it was like a real fun moment or like, I was like, oh, fuck yeah. Yes. Finally, we're beating the fucking Batman who laughs. Right. Finally, we're having successes here. You Boom, know, well, for the it. home team. Literally, <laughs> yeah. And and boy, howdy. Is there a home team? <laughs> yeah. Seriously. We slip into the Speed Force, right? That's yeah. in there. Then yep. that, the, the in-between space, mm-hmm. it felt like. Yep, correct. And um, it is everybody. It is the, the home team. It is the Flash family. Yep. Everybody. Even uh, Max Mercury. Yeah. Makes an appearance. Crazy how fleshed out we got of that group of speedsters. Yeah, way too many fucking speedsters. There's a fuck a lot of speedsters there. (laughs) Um, And then, yeah, 
And then we ended it with Barry, Wally, and Jay all on their way to uh, take the Mobius chair to mm-hmm. the Wonder Lady and get shit accomplished. I'm here for it. So we are, here for it. we are squarely at the no longer reacting part of Death Metal yeah. and at the acting, yes. taking the fight to Perpetua, hopefully. We are about to essentially throw the first real blow yep. that, that the heroes have thrown in quite a long time. Exciting. <laughs> yeah, very So, exciting. question. Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say one thing I liked about this. Um, I just wanted to speak for a lot of the Flash fans on the internet real quick. They were saying that they loved what felt like uh, what they felt like was a meta commentary by Josh Williamson through the narrative of them saying the 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 communication between Barry and uh, Wally mm-hmm. was essentially the communication between the editorial, like saying we don't mm-hmm. really know what to do with Wally now that he's back. We just sure. know that you're back. We don't know what that means. Yeah, we know what that means for Barry. We know what that means for you, and. To be completely honest, we we are sorry because we did kind of screw up by bringing him back yeah. and not having that game plan. We yeah. know you guys loved him. Barry loves him. Wally loves Barry. It wasn't supposed to be Wally versus Barry. It wasn't supposed to make people upset. Right. Yeah. We dropped the ball. It wasn't on purpose. It was like we just kind of screwed the pooch on this. Yeah, that was a funny moment with Kid Flash too. And yes. like, yeah, that was some wild shit. I yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thank God. Wallace West. Yeah. <laughs> the realist in the room for sure. Yeah. So but that yeah, was a fun good. one. Definitely a fun one. Real fun. Do you think to harken back to a very important Darkest Night moment? Yes. Are we killing Flash? Are we killing a Flash? Yes. Oh, yeah, Barry's Barry. dead. Yep. Oh, Barry's say. dead. It's got to be Barry. Barry's if one dead. Is dying. Because the internet has decided that Wally is the Flash. He, they want him to be the Flash. They, they're going to bring him back. And I, Barry, Barry's had his time, dude. He did. He was dead. They brought him back. You know, he died again. I think they brought him back again. He went, he did the, he did the, the, the stuff. He made the stuff go bad. He did He'll the be stuff back. back good. He'll be back at some you know, point. Give Wally, give, give uh, Wally's chance. Yeah, but again. I wouldn't be surprised if they find a way, like you said, to kill, kill Barry and, and metal in some way and to order to have Wally fully take on, take on the mantle. Which, yeah. like you said, I don't think is, is a bad thing. No. Uh, and like you said, we probably need a like a concrete repercussion from metal we will. outside yeah. of the stuff that's happening to the to the bad side essentially because we haven't really gotten any of those concrete consequences for the good side. Nothing, yet. yeah, nothing crazy. So I know I think we're leaning into getting that point. Like you said, we're about to throw that first punch. Well, yeah. we're gonna hopefully see some like casualties and some issues there. Right. And so it just feels right. I would really, I think losing Barry would be pretty spot on. And then like. With all the metaphor in this, yeah. Barry literally giving him his powers so yeah. that he could get what's done, like a an almost physical passing of the torch. Yeah. You know, like this is just the right way to do this. And yeah. it's it feels like it's leading into Barry dying or sacrificing himself. Yeah. And it wouldn't be that it wouldn't be unwelcome. Right. It's not necessarily that it's predictable and it's like, oh groan. It's more like a <laughs> this feels right. Yes. Like this is the course this is supposed to take. This yeah, this is yeah, exactly. This was how it should be. Yeah. So but I really enjoyed this. It was fun. It was I yeah, I liked fun. it a lot. So huge fan. And that art. Bonkers. Oh yeah, Eddie Barrow's crushed it. Absolutely bonkers. Um, speaking of fun stuff, we're, we're, we're back to the big fun in Suicide Squad, number nine. Uh, number eight was pretty fun as well, but uh, if you guys remember, it was kind of uh, one of those filler issues going to some backstory of some of the new um, 
revolutionaries, as they like to be called. Mm. Uh, but this one, we're right back into the thick of things. The revolutionaries have decided that today is the day we're taking it to Ted Core. We're taking them down. It's going to be <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. If you guys don't remember, Ted Core has been behind That's all this. Right. He was in charge of putting together this rendition of the Suicide Squad. He sent them on there. You know, the first couple missions to essentially destabilize, you know, whatever country they were fucking around in uh, before. Oh, yeah, it was it's a lot going on. So they're like, all right, this is it. We're taking it to court. This is Deadshot's last mission because he's his sentence is up. Um, so he's getting out. He's got his daughter with him. Uh, who's was the name? Long shot, something like that. Oof. Right, <laughs> something like that. Uh, dog's name is Dog Shot. It's it's lit. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. That's amazing, isn't it? Um, <laughs> oh, I'm gonna get a dog and name it Dog Shot. It's not bad. <laughs> so, uh, oh no, Live Shot's her name. Oh, that's pretty good. Live Shot. So they're talking, and she's she has a gun, and she like shoots at like a frog or something, and or a bird. And Deadshot's like, "Yeah, what are you doing? Like, don't do this." And he's like, "There's literally a gun on your wrist. Don't <laughs> don't tell me what to do." And he's like, "Okay, what if I don't kill anyone? Like on this mission, like you got a problem not to kill anyone." And she's like, fine. Makes sense. Let's let's say uh, pinky promise on it. Ooh. Right? So uh the uh sorry, Wink, uh one of our revolutionaries goes to Deadshot and say, Hey, I overheard you talking to your daughter saying you weren't gonna kill anyone. Your name's fucking Deadshot. Right. So what's, like, gonna, what? <laughs> what's gonna happen, you know, when you have to kill someone on this mission? And he's like, I'm not. He was like, So what happens if you're gonna if you have to take the shot? And it was like, I'll let someone else kill him, or I'll just kill I'll shoot him and not kill him. And mm. she was like, Okay, maim shot. Nice. <laughs> that was pretty good. Um, but like I said, they storm the tower, um, or Cord's building. Right. Um, they get all the way up there, and this this you gotta see. So all you gotta read is uh like these these panels right here, and then flip the page. I literally gasped. They're making their way up. Mm-hmm. And they uh, they're breaking it down. And I was like, "Listen, we don't know it's gonna be up there, but we gotta be ready. All right, so just stay ready, stay cool, stay calm. We're about to get into it. All okay. right, here we go. Was not ready. <laughs> Could not have been ready. It is a fucking Superman. All right, it's okay. It's over. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> Superman's just like hot, <laughs> literally standing there, truth, justice, American way, right in the window. God right. damn. And everyone's just like, whoa, okay, this is pretty wild. And um, the leader of the revolutionary is just like, all right, I don't give a fuck, dude. Like, this is, <laughs> what, why are you guys at all right now? These is just a fucking Justice League member. Justice League members essentially the fucking suicide squad that get to wear makeup and go on TV. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, they're out here doing what's never, who's never. Ted Cord is one of their own. They're probably just going to take him and fucking do an internal investigation. Sure, sure. <laughs> give him a slap on the wrist and throw him in some fucking asylum and give him, you know, four square meals a day as shit that's better than what we're eating back at the crib. Right. Uh, and she's like, you know, I'm tired of this shit. This is bullshit. And everyone's just like, yo, I get that. I feel you. <laughs> but that's <laughs> Superman. <laughs> like, yeah, this like, ain't it. This is, this isn't it. We'll, we'll, we'll this isn't even an L, though. It's like, yeah, it's we, like, like, we, like we technically did it. Yeah. <laughs> I know it doesn't feel the way that it should, but yeah. we, like, we got to pretend like this is a W and walk away. Yeah. Um, so everyone like decides to call it like, all right, yeah, this you're right. It's fucking Superman, and we're like technically criminals. So all right. Um, <laughs> so Deadshot goes up to Superman and is like, hey, man, like I know you don't really like, know me like that, but like I was kind of like asking you something. And Superman's like, sure, Floyd. <laughs> What's 
<laughs> anything for you, my guy. Of course. <laughs> and uh, he's like, can you sign something? Aw. And he's and it's weird because it's this magazine that was already on the desk. Uh, and it's this picture of a magazine of Superman nice. revealing his identity. Oh, shit. And it says... Not the Superman we thought he was. And I'll, I'll tell you how I feel about this. I got a couple thoughts about this. Hmm. Right? So, well, you'll see. So, they asked him to sign it. And he signs it. And it says, Zoe, make much better choices than your dad. <laughs> <laughs> Superman. <laughs> zing. Right? Super zing. And then Deadshot calls it in. Everyone, we have a problem up here. And they go, what? What's going on? And that shot starts breaking it down. You may like you came through the window, but there's no glass on the floor. Ah, uh, it's not. We find, we find Tech Cole was bound and gagged. Why would Superman have to bound and gag anybody? Right, yeah. <laughs> also, I didn't tell you what my daughter's name was. I've never told you what my daughter's name was. Ooh. Uh, and then we find out that it's not Superman. But we find out via Deadshot getting shot in the chest. Oh, shit. And we turn the page, and of course, it's the fucking Black Mask. Okay. Doing some weird digitized technology, probably some spiral bullshit. You know, we we got we know we this tech is this is this is we do this all the time. Everyone right. can do this. Sure. Um, he disguises himself Superman, gets a drop on everybody, shoots uh shoots Deadshot. He falls out of the fucking you know building, shoots him in the head. Oof. Right. You got this lovely image. This is pretty sick. That's pretty brutal. So, yeah, this is supposed to be the, the end of Deadshot. Uh, yeah. Wild, right? Obviously, he's not fucking dead. I don't believe that for for one second. No way. Then uh, again, this is, this is nine, and it ends at 11. So, But what I was speaking more to, obviously, the magazine where it says not Superman, we thought, is right. pretty not not subtle. Not yeah, that this yeah, is yeah. quite literally not Superman. I also think it's Tom Taylor dropping some hints on us about his potential writing credits. I think he is giving us a clue that he is, in fact, writing a Superman title, but it's not going to be the Superman title we thought it was. That seems like a great conspiracy. I like that. This I'll, I'll I'm get into it. this. I'll get even more tin hat with you. Do it. I think... Because a lot of people speculated that we we either wanted or thought or there was rumors that he was going to be riding the incontinuity Superman, the one that Bendis is on right now that he will be leaving. Uh, I think, like he said, it's not the one we thought, uh, apparently or allegedly. He's going to be riding the the next volume of Earth One Superman. Mm. Because those have been picking up steam because we had that new that volume two for the Green Lantern Earth One story right. that dropped earlier this year. I know DC said they wanted to make that more of an initiative, so I wouldn't be surprised if they let that be Tom Taylor's little playpen. Because who is better than without a continuity kind of off brand stuff true. than the man, the myth, legend himself, Tom Taylor? Yeah. So you give the man a Superman title. It says Superman on it, says Tom Taylor, but you also give him the license to do whatever he wants. Yeah. He also doesn't have to worry about redoing or undoing or fixing anything Bendis has done in yeah. businesses run. Leave that Very up true. to someone else. Hmm. I like that. So yeah, that that's my hard speculation. Dude, I'm I think that's pretty reasonable. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I like it. 
But yeah, Suicide Squad, number nine, Hard Specs, Tom Taylor writing Superman Earth One, Volume Four. You heard it here first. Jeez, crazy stuff. <laughs> you know what else is crazy stuff? Uh, Last God, number nine. The Last of Gods in the ninth iteration. Chapter? I think it's called Chapters. I think they do call them Chapters. Yes, Chapter Nine of the of Book One of the Fellspire Chronicles. <laughs> Sick. And you know what's the craziest shit about this? What? Fellspire gets name dropped for the first time in my recollection we actually have somebody talk about what Fellspire is oh my god <laughs> i'm pretty confident it's the place like it's basically the strange spot between what we know exists and what we're not confident exists it's Perfect. this it's the middle ground like so once they get through the dueros or deal with the dueros in this abyssal realm okay beyond that is the final trek to make it to the Black Stair. The Black Stair, right. which they must go through to face the last god. Right. Okay, I'm pretty sure that is actually what... Um, yes. So, yeah, that's the place that they're heading towards. So, it's like, okay, this is exciting. We're getting to that last spot. Right. So, we continue with our heroes <laughs> where they last left, which was in a kind of a sketchy spot. Our heroes in the past are making their way through the abyss um, with Joran, the Duero like prince at the time. They have signed the death warrant, essentially, for an entire race of like sentient rock people. Okay. And <laughs> our heroes, 30 years down the line, are dealing with the repercussions of that. Okay. There is only one person, there's only one sentient rock person left. And he's kind of upset because he remembers specifically the people that were oh, there no. who damned his entire species to this. It's always the ones that I remember. Oh, 100%. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, literally before the Dwarves were here, the Abyss was like a kind of a beautiful place in its like uniqueness. Right. And uh, it'll never be beautiful again. Ooh. But once we're all dead, at least it'll be peaceful. Damn. And he's like shit and everyone's like well that's that's dark dark this is all very dark <laughs> this book is dark so you know what else is pretty dark is we have Scythe, uh after they deal with this big monster 30 years in the past and tears there he in his haste to like kill one of these like carrion birds essentially something that's coming to eat the you know the dead the dead monster right he goes to hunt it down and they're like apparently like super smart they set, like, a pit trap for him. What? Like, these, like, birds. I'm like, what the <laughs> hell? So he falls in, but he catches himself by his axe. And okay, he's sitting there. Sick. He's sitting there by the axe, and he's, like, needs help. And Cynthia, his future wife, is there about to help him. She doesn't help him. What? He's, like, about to fall, and she's just watching him. And he's like, help me. And she just won't help him. And he starts to fall. And then Hacken or Hawken saves him, who is like the guy who is the only one who has the power to kill the last god. Okay. But anyway, so and he's like, what the hell was that about? Right. And she's like, you remember how you tried to rape that woman? And then you essentially raped me like a week ago? And he's like, that's not how that went down. And everyone's like, that's exactly how that what? went down, dude. What the fuck <laughs> are you talking Christ. about? Is that how it went down? Damn. Pretty much. He was drunk and he tried to go and, and bang the kind of like the elf. Gotcha. And she was like not having it. And she, right. He got caught with it. And so he went back to his, his gal. Right. And like drunkenly was, it was rough. Anyway. Jesus. But yeah, so she's like there to like, I'm not for it anymore. Right. Like, I'm, woman, I'm calling you on this. A woman's calling. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so Harkin, Harkin, whatever, who is like the dual axe we, or hammer wielding 
fucking badass in right. the party who is the only one who can kill a lot of Scott and everything. He like has this whole moment with her. He's like, we're not doing this for him. We're doing this to save these people. We have to kill this last God. We'll come back. We'll save this race of sentient rock people. You know, we'll yes. stop the Doros from like annihilating them. We're making everything okay. Right. Right. <laughs> no, that is not what happens. Sick. We are still unsure about exactly what happens. We okay. know that the last God Molotep, whatever is defeated. Okay. You know, by our heroes. But we don't really understand the extent of everything that's kind of happened. There are some people in this party right now who we don't know their fates. Now, in the present, 30 years later, right? right? Current time. Our heroes are separated by okay. the giant, like, monster version of Joran. This giant Whoa, beast what's the that shit? Ricardo Federici so expertly. Dude, this is fucking This wild. art is bonkers in yeah, this book. Dude, dude. I, I love this book, how it looks. But anyway... So, they're fighting Joran. They get separated. <laughs> kind of our hero in the past here, who is like, he has like some elven, like, fey blood in him and everything like that. He gets his arm cut off by Joran, and he's barely able to make it out with his elven friend. So, they're separated from the other group, which is Seanth and the, a couple other people. Right. Okay. Then a figure descends on them. They're out in what I assume is Fellspire now. Because right. they made the other side. Right. We don't get to see who that is. Shoot. Then we see <laughs> Seanth and her friend. And they, they convince the last living of these little rock people to let them through. Okay. And essentially she's like, look, I'm like, I'm going to die. Like, I'm fated to die. And I'll just kill myself if I get there. Like, if I make it there... I will die. Like, right. I, I promise you. Right. Like, as my punishment, even if we defeat this, it is not for me to do it. I failed last time. It's I cannot go back. Right. I will just kill myself when we get there. Shit. And then the little dude's like, I'm not a Duero. Don't have to kill yourself for me. I'll just do the right thing. And I'm like, shit, dude. That's almost like the worst thing you could have done. <laughs> that was like that was like way meaner for some reason to save them like that. <laughs> but anyway, so he saves them. They're all out there. And they're like, okay, we need to go back. I'm like, go back? Are you fucking nuts? There's a giant sketched out dark elf in there who looks like a Balrog. You know, like that is not the place you want to be right now. Right. You know what else is not a good place to be? Look at this fucking dragon. This is the first time we've seen a, a dragon. Dude. This is not a good place to be. No. So they're they are they are tiny in the face of this. This giant is the first beast. time you've seen a dragon in I, this. I believe so. This is pretty hype. It's very hype. Dragons are always hype. So, and there's like there's references to them at some levels, but this is I think the first time we've come face to face like this with one. Wow. So it's pretty exciting. So the the threats have slowly been rising in like. The intensity and the power level of what, what our heroes are facing. So huh. I'm very excited. And then the last page we see here is like just to hype us up. It says like in two months, you know, the truth will be revealed and the end begins. So Ooh. really excited about it. It's dark. It's intense. The art is amazing. The, the writing's safe. been good. We're getting a bunch of payoff now. If you haven't been following along. It's maybe a little too late to get the full effect of it. It sounds late. <laughs> it's a little late because there's a lot of things that have been happening. It was a lot having two storylines different times happen right. in the first place. So, yeah, you're it, being late to the game. You're going to miss out on some of the nuance of that payoff. But it's awesome to read, and it looks awesome, too. So well, you if, need. You, if you just want, like, an awesome fantasy story to just dive in, it's like, I don't know who the hell these people are, but this is great. Right. 
you can do that here. So big fan. Hell yeah. Very cool. Of <laughs> Philip Kennedy Johnson on the words. Ricardo Federici obviously on art and Alan Pasalakea on the colors. Oh, there's three colors on this book. Erif Prianto, Alan Pasakea, and Sonny Go. This is a book. Wow. This is indeed a book. That's crazy. So, fantastic. Shout out to all of them. Yeah, props. All right, we'll move over to Marvel to finish it off. Woo! I got Spider-Woman, number four, written by Carla Pache- Pacheco. Pacheco? Pacheco. And uh, art by Prey Perez, color by Frank Armada. And we got this uh, lovely cover by uh, Jehoon Yoon. Her rolling up on this little oh, little that's cool. Tower. Yeah, this looks sick for for almost no reason. That does not look like a Spider Woman cover at all. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it looks like a Last God cover. Yeah, this is like this is like really intense. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, we get a Jesus Christ. This was we get a lot of revelations in this because we had that big reveal about her family, right? In yeah, the last we, one. yeah, we get the old uh, the the old lady at the end of number three. It was like. Mom, like, is this my mom? Is her mom? Okay. Oh, shit. Turns out, so this is this is my first time experiencing the deep, the deep Spider Woman lore. Oh God. Um. So from what I've gathered, her mom was of course a Hydra agent. She was working for Hydra. <laughs> I yeah yeah. Free scroll and Hydra, brother. Yep. Uh, so she, her mother was a former Hydra scientist, researcher type thing, whatever. She was helping them work on this new super soldier serum, of course, based around animal genetics, mostly reptile genetics. Sure. But they didn't know that homegirl, her mom, was working on something based on, you know, the the spider, the spider genetics. Her and her nice. husband had, you know, all this research in the spider genetics because uh, Jessica Drew, Spider Woman, her father was the one that gave her the powers because he was experimenting on her, blah, 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 blah. We get even more revelations. Not only is this her mother. Her her boss, the person that contracted her to protect him and her daughter, turns out to be her brother. Oh my! It's also her younger brother that's now older than her, because at some point she was put on some kind of stasis. Oh uh, yeah, so she was you know suspended you know in animation or whatever. Uh, they didn't get too much into that. <laughs> yeah, but that happened at some point. So, yeah, so it turns out her brother was the one that contracted her. He has also been experimenting on his daughter with spider stuff because she's in a wheelchair. Right, family business. Right, fam- uh, 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 literally a whole bunch of weird, this has turned into the worst episode of Maury I have, I have <laughs> ever seen. So, because apparently in order to get away from Hydra and to hide the secrets of the spider, you know, research and everything from them, she had to fake her death. But mm. Jessica thought she'd been dead this whole time. So Jessica's like, you jerk. Why didn't you tell me that you were dead? And she's like, ah, you know, you had the thing going on and you, had the, the, you were the Avengers and Not you were the time. Defenders and you were pregnant and then all these other things were going on. It just it didn't feel like she a, was pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't feel didn't feel like a good time. And Jessica's like, you know, that's not an excuse. Like, you're my mom. I thought you were dead. I got all this shit going on. So they get into that. And while they're, you know, having their big tiff, they get rolled up on again by the homegirl that she fought mm-hmm. uh, in the uh, in issue number two, Octavia, you know, uh, veins or vase, uh, she was also looking for, you know, the serum or the secrets or, you know, the the, the, the key to access the, the power of the research that her mom has been hiding from Hydra. She knows about this stuff. So she needs access to it. 
They don't want her to have it because she's going to use it for nefarious purposes, obviously. And that just gives us an excuse to, for whatever reason, showcase that there are dinosaurs where they are right now. Why wouldn't they be? Um, They say that. Uh, <laughs> and here we are with this splash of the squad. That's pretty cool. Meeting the evildoers on the backs of these dinosaurs. Uh. This is sick. Yeah. But also, what the fuck? Like, like <laughs> wh- I was reading this, like, almost having a stroke. Like, I was, like, <laughs> so confused as to what's going I'm literally learning uh, that all these people are now related to Jessica Drew. And now all of them, including the little girl on who, who can't walk. She is uh, she has um leg braces and she has these arm braces that are now guns. Of course. They're gun gun arm braces. She's using them to shoot. She's fighting as well. They're all on the back of of dinosaurs, different kinds of dinosaurs. Uh they're fighting the the evil people, the evil dudes. Uh Jessica finds out or um deduces that they aren't actual men, they're robots. Um, she finds out by literally punching this man through his skull. All right. Well, and it's, <laughs> well, because like she sees before that his eyes get all crisscross when she starts choking him. Oh. So she's like, I don't think this guy's real. Let's find out. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> Punches through his face. And they're like, did you know he was a robot? And it's like, I had a hunch. Uh, so that was pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty fun. Uh, and this kind of ends in the strangest way possible really octavia is confronting them saying hey like you know it's over it's, it's done with it's the end of the line the fucking drew family has been a thorn in my size for all of the four issues that you know about sure <laughs> um and i'm gonna put it into it tells the boys to sick them bring out the guns they start shooting at them her mom pushes her in the way of the bullets she literally says no she's the one you want Right? Betrayal. Yeah, so they're shooting at her. And then, I don't know if this is just the stylized take, but in the end, we have the bullets all, looks like they're stopping in front of her, and they're like they're making a little spider symbol. It definitely is a spider, yeah. Right. So I don't know if she's just getting shot in the shape of a spider symbol or if she stopped the bullets like that. So yeah, that's how that ends. Wow. Yeah, Spider Woman number four. I yeah, I so this is this is the only issue with this book is that there was only one fight. I would have been able to if you guys know how I follow this book, I base exclusively uh. off of the amount of fights and how fast I can get to them. All right. <laughs> this one only had one fight. It was mostly on the back of dinosaurs. That's pretty cool. Which is pretty cool. But also, if there was if there was another fight, I almost yeah. could have ignored everything else that sure happened. Because I got a lot of questions. Like one. Why wasn't this two issues? This is a lot. Yeah, it sounds like a lot. <laughs> this yeah. is a lot. I would have I taken a whole talkie issue just to get more fleshed out of this 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 family tree situation going on right now. Godly. Um But yeah, dude, like one, this, this book did two things for me. It made me feel, I guess, I don't want to say feel sorry for the character of Jessica Drew because God yeah. knows what this character has been through in terms of continuity like whole <laughs> like holy shit like the fact that this is just like a, like a, a, a issue a four a single issue a single issue we get these revelations and it just feels like i guess on brand for this character um but the other thing was maybe that stuff works 
because mm. I am interested. Yeah, I'm interested <laughs> like, too, bro. Based off of pure curiosity, because the very few books, like a lot of books, are like, oh, uh, I don't know what's going on. Well, I'm, right. I'm interested. This was a true. What the actual fuck are you saying? <laughs> why? Why are you doing this? I have to know. Like, what is what is the end game for something like this? Damn, dude. So yeah. <laughs> well. In a similar move <laughs> of what the fuck is going on, we have X-Men number nine, brought to us by the Hickman. You know him. You love him. Jonathan of the Hickman clan, as well as uh, Lionel Francis Yu and the art and Sonny Go on the colorist, who nice. I guess is also Last God's colorist. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> huh. Okay, cool. Neato. <laughs> anyway, so this book starts off in the mo- most logical way. In the Kree Empire, eight thousand years before the events occurring in our in our book, my chest, I know, right? <laughs> and we got what looks like a Kree accuser. I can tell that now. I'm learning lore. He's got a green outfit. He's got a green outfit and a dope ass hammer. And so that's what's going on with that. And so they are testing out this this new species they found. They're calling him the Brood, right? So that's okay. what we're talking about, right? right? So there's the Brood. The Brood rolls in. The Brood does sketchy Brood shit. And, um, you know, broods around. So they're like, in apparently what is a pretty classic Cree fashion, how do we, how does this benefit us? You know, there's a great Simpsons joke where it's like, have you ever driven past a tire fire and thought, how can this benefit me? And that was the first thing that popped into my head. I was like, you see these monsters, these right. huge, powerful murder machines. And you're like. We can make this work for us. This is how I win. This is how I win. And so in a classic Adam Sandler fashion, they decide to weaponize ah, the brood. Yes. Uh, there's this thing in there, some kind of man in a, like, a Wizard of Oz situation. Some kind of man wizard. Some kind of, uh, yeah, the su- the Supreme War. And he's like, yeah, you know, we can use this to handle, to deal with some threats currently right. the deal with the scroll the badoon the galador the shiar mm. the katari right so okay. those are big names apparently right. <laughs> i know like, like two of those maybe he's like you know this will be good in a couple thousand years and then right. everyone's like well we won't see it but we did it guys <laughs> we did it guys <laughs> boom fast forward to now <laughs> nice <laughs> right <laughs> yeah and white this is it this is x-men perfect apparently you know so there's a whole lot of x-men in this issue. oh wow there you yeah. go and mainly it's because we this is kind of a culmination of things happening. So remember how there's this whole King Egg storyline in play. Right. They got the egg on Earth because we made terrible decisions. Now we got to get the egg off of Earth because the brood's come into the Earth. Correct. We found out what the King Egg is. Oh, shit. Wep- the Kree weaponized it, right? And it's a matriarchal society. So they figured the way they can override the matriarchal society mm. is to place a patriarchal, like, kill word essentially right there's a figure there that can supersede the matriarch's kind of orders gotcha because there's actually a hierarchy further on from like drones to warriors to queens to like empresses mm. and there's like a feud between queens who become the empress gotcha. kind of so they're like oh if we instill a patriarchal figure that can kind of supersede this thing jesus christ they're in, uh, they're making a intergalactic puppet government essentially uh, yeah out of like space bugs you know <laughs> that have no no conscious no anything but to murder wow so we jesus. have this 
Right? Yeah. <laughs> so we have some interesting stuff with that regard. But now everyone's there. So remember from uh, last issue as well, there's those dudes, blue dudes hunting yeah. folks as well. Right. And there's that group, the uh, the modern Kree accuser with some X-Men. All right. 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 It's all happening right now. Converge. Everyone is converging on a single point. Okay. Nice. <laughs> so what's important here is... <laughs> There's a lot of Summerses in play, oh, as, yeah. as always, right? The Summers clan. The Summers clan is strong. Their their mutations are strong. So, I want to say his name is Gladiator. There's Gladiator and Kid Gladiator, who are like, <laughs> they're some kind of nobles, they're whatever. He, he shows up. He's like, look, you're in the wrong spot. <laughs> this is not your space. This is our space. Nice. Okay? Nice. And so, this Creek is just like... Try me, bro. Right. And then this kid tells his dad, literally, fuck this guy up for me. With a you know, asterisks right. at it. So we get this great... This is fantastic. So you can see that bottom panel there. Here, if you take it. See the bottom panel? They're about to go at it and then yes. turn the page. <laughs> he launches him. <laughs> launches okay. the accuser out of the structure okay. into space. Right past the ship that Scott's on and all the X-Men are on into the maw of the, you know, the brood that are chasing them. This is good. Right? So, and they're moving counter to them is Scott and the X-Men. So they're all meeting up. And they got the king egg. They finally get together. They're like, look, this is not, this is not great for us. And then Jean Grey's like, okay, I went into the brains of these things. All they want to do is kill. All the fucking time. Right. They're super into the kill. They're right. super into the grow and, and just take and murder and eat. They're, they're the, the queen. They're the chimera ant. They are the chimera. Shout yes. out all the Hunter Hunter fans. Like, they're really getting it, man. Dude. I don't know where you're getting it from, but you're getting it from here. They're the same. X-Men, X-Hunter. Dude. Stop me. Men. <laughs> men, X-Men. Okay. That's not bad. That's- <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> So we get this great like fight. There's a big old splash. It's fun. You know, okay. there's a lot of fucking mutants this in play. This is pretty sick, actually. There's a great deal of mutants and guys with laser guns. And Scott is chilling. And right before we're about to get overrun, they all stop. And we're like, what happened? Do we yes. overwhelm them? What's well, the dealio? What the and it's like, we can't figure it out. And then it turns out that Brew, who is this person that has been with them i not a person an alien i'm assuming some kind of bug man right yes i don't know what his deal is he ate the fucking king egg wait he ate the fucking king egg and so now he is like in charge of this area of this group of of brood that's why they stopped he's essentially the king he's now this patriarchal figure this guy who's been riding shotgun with the x-men for the past three or four issues I have no idea who he is. I don't know where he came from. I started on issue seven like an idiot, you know? And so, like, but he's in charge now. And it goes in. There's a nice, you know, this, there's a Supremor lore dump here. Okay, love right? the that. The Supremor is the thing that was doing the research on it. Yeah. And it talks about how the production of the king egg, the way it'll work is the Empress uses pheromones. So we're going to replicate those at some level. Yes. If you consume them... That's what the king egg is. It's a receptacle, essentially, for pheromones and serum that will allow you to control them for an estimated 5 to 10 standard Cree cycles, whatever that is. 5 to 10 years or 5 to 10 centuries, whatever a Cree cycle is. Whatever cycle is. Yep. <laughs> Though there is an interesting thing here. Okay. The production, there's a final note 
that the production of a rival king egg can disrupt the host's control over the hive. So, Brew is in charge of this. Everyone's back together. We're in the middle of fucking space. Space. Where there's like in a horde of, of monster bugs. X-Men. We have control space. over some of them, all of them, an amount of them, undisclosed. And there's a chance that if there are other king eggs in play, that that control can be wrenched away at any moment. This is an X-Men book, apparently. <laughs> I am not confident about that. But it's really good. Uh, I've this really been enjoying it. It's been a awesome sci-fi thing it was great to have the creek user built up like he was just to get punched one punched right. out of the goddamn space station sick. loved that moment and their handling of like the summerses of scott and uh and havoc and all that shit and vulcan it's been good i yeah. really have enjoyed it the art's been great too yeah. like it this was the right marvel book for me to jump on you you were right throwing me in this direction so You're very well been enjoying it been enjoying it quite a bit so I'm excited to be, I think it's on 11 or 12. I think 12 came out not too long ago because I remember that was the beginning of the Exosaurs events. There you go. Yeah. So I am, I'm rapidly closing in. I'm trying to get one at least every other week. Yeah, you've you been know? crushing it. So, catching up, yeah. Catching up slowly but surely and really enjoying it so far. So yeah. I'm excited to see what, uh, what else is coming. Heck yeah. But yeah, that's, that's happening a couple months ago. Right. And next month. <laughs> nice. Uh, well, speaking of the things coming, here's what's coming out. This week, since we hey. finished up the comic book review, we'll get into the new books for the week of September 29th slash 30th. Wonder Woman 763. Finally getting the showdown between Wonder Woman and Liar Liar. The long awaited. finally. You know, the, the streets have been waiting for this one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the real reason why this is important is because I am personally... Finally getting this beautiful Joshua Milton variant cover of the Wonder Woman superimposed in the sun, peering over the cove. It's beautiful. And uh, yeah, that's really what it's all about. Nothing else. (laughs) Nothing else really matters for me this week. (laughs) Um, Well, well, there's another thing that should matter to a lot of people. Batman Three Jokers number two is out this week. Oh shit! Yep, so nice. we will officially be two thirds of the way done with the story after this one. So a lot of a lot of things probably gonna pop off in this. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Very excited. Gonna have a multitude of covers as well. Um, be sure to catch them all. There you go. <laughs> you got Avengers thirty six, Fantastic Four twenty four, Red Hood Outlaw forty nine. X Factor number four, Exoswords chapter two. If you guys don't remember, uh, Exoswords, Swords of Creation was that one shot which serves as chapter one. X X Factor number four will be chapter two. Whoo! Yeah, go fuck yourself. Numbers. Anyway, um, <laughs> Dark Dark Knight's Death Metal Multiverse is in number one. Oh hell yes! It's coming Here out we this go. way. This this is this is the one. You know, Trinity Here Crisis go. probably the most crucial. Speed metal, probably the most impactful. This will inevitably be the best. Absolutely. It's pretty much set in stone. It has to. It has to. It is the chosen one. (laughs) It has to. It has to. Um, We're also getting, Jesus, this is a week for one shots, all right. Uh, Batman, Joker War Zone, number one. We're going to, yeah, this is a little tie-in thing. Of uh, the battleground of what's going on. This will be following Cassandra Kane, Stephanie Brown, and Luke Fox as they have some kind of showdown or show up with the Clown Hunter. 
Ah. So if you're just into like the really the the nichety, the the high the high levels of you know, who cares of. 80% of the Bat family is in the Bat book right now. Yeah. I love Cassandra Kane. So I'm going to get the, <laughs> the, the Joker War Zone number one. You know, I I don't think this has had, I mean, I guess it has had a couple tie-ins because it spilled out into all the other Gotham books. Yeah, Nightwing. But, yeah. At least one Detective Comics, right? Yeah, I think it's been in Catwoman as well. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, oh, and Batgirl, uh, kind of. <laughs> So I don't know if a one-shot tie-in was necessary for the Joker War, but you know, Clown Hunter had to show up somewhere because the damn show wasn't it's, in the yeah, Joker. Yeah, it's War. not in the book. Jesus, yeah. please, man. So that 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 one is kind of strange and kind of weird. But you know, like we said, he had to he had to be somewhere. They better bring the heat on that. He better be, be fucking be real upset. Fire. Yeah. What else we got? Uh. Constantine, Hellblazer, number 10. Nice, dude. We're, we're getting there. We're, it's uh, almost uh, it's almost over. Uh, but uh this this one, this one should be continuing on with the with the fun, obviously. Very excited about it. Legion Superheroes number nine. This is a niche one we've been talking about just because it's the one with Bendis teaming up with all the artists doing part the different two, pages. Right? Yeah, yeah, part yeah. two of the league on trial. So I think I'm gonna pick that up just because I got the first one. Might as well see what yeah. the other pages look like. The the art at the very least has been fun and interesting to look at. Sure. Oh, this is this is fun. Big big week. Um, Department of Truth number one. Nice, Tiny. Yep, the the Tiny Onion Man, uh, James Tynan, as well as who else is on this? Martin Simons, Simmons, sorry, um, on the art. And boy, are there a bunch of variant covers for this. I saw a lot of people complaining about the amount of variant covers for this because it has done something atrocious to the prices. There is this little crossover variant where, um, as you guys may know, James Hyden is also writing Something is Killing the Children. Right. And there's a Something is Killing the Children Department of Truth variant. Neat. And um, as well, there's also going to be a Department of Truth Something is Killing the Children variant for for Uh, that book. So that's pretty cool. Book it obviously isn't out yet. Already at near two hundred dollars for that killing something's killing the children. Department of Truth variant. Oh, yep, 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 yep. And like I said, there there are a bunch of other cool variants. The fucking the 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 one with Kennedy on it with the X out eyes is pretty fucking wild. Sure. So that's pretty sick. Um, and there's some other super cool ones. I know a lot of people really have their hearts set on that something's killing the children variant because, you know, they're big Tiny Man fans. Sure. Um, so it's kind of upsetting that, you know, the prices have done what it's done in that's, the speculator market. That's a real bummer. It's such a bummer. But, you know, these was one of the many issues we got going on right now. And uh, we got to figure it out. We got to figure it out. We love variants. Variant covers are sick. Yeah. You fun. know, your number one doesn't need 30 variants. Though. No, it never should have it, that many. Five. Five is is a, a lot. lot. Yeah, five is a and lot. And also neat. Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> figure it you're out right, from there. You're riding that line. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what else we got? Star Wars, Dr. Afro number four. Back. Hey. I feel like that's been, all, been gone for a minute now. Yeah, it feels like it. Sea of Stars, number seven. I feel like that has not been gone for a minute. That feels like it's coming in pretty pretty fast. Yeah. Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey, number three. That one still going on. Forgot about that one. Shang-Chi, number one, from hey. the boy. Uh, uh, Gene Yang will be uh, starting his Shang-Chi run. I think it's nice. a five-part limited series that okay. he'll be doing. So that should be pretty fun, diving into more of the family of Shang-Chi. 
which is great because I know nothing about him in general. There you go. There you go. Learn me. That Texas Blood number four. Oh shit, neat. Yep, that's coming out. Philadelphia number eight. Oh shit, neat. <laughs> Damn, this is gonna be a week. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a lot. Oh, also, there's this. Uh, this is pretty cool. There's a uh, giant size X Men tribute. I guess is the 45th anniversary of that that giant size X Men number one uh, oh, comic cool. that debut with the one with everyone on it. Sure. So they're doing a little tribute version of that. So that's pretty neat. Oh, that uh, Wonder Woman 1984 one shot, the movie companion one shot. It's like it's nothing crazy. It's written by Steve Pugh, which is weird. Uh, Steve Pugh is the um, <laughs> is a notable for his art. On Harley Quinn's Breaking Glass, where oh. Rico Tamaki. Okay. So he'll be he'll be writing this. Uh, wow, there's I guess oh, there's multiple stories. There's three writers on this: Steve Pugh, Luis uh, Simonson, and Anna Abaretta. Okay. Okay. So that should be interesting. Rogue Planet number five. Remember you were reading that? Yeah, that's a great book. I'm excited about that. That looks like just about everything notable cool yep that was all stuff we've been reading um stuff that we've been kind of looking forward to of course yeah speaking of which what are you looking forward to this week hmm probably department of truth yep yeah i think so yeah that's talking about it and getting pretty hype on it so that's a big one it's definitely a big one probably shang chi for me yeah that'll be neat yeah yeah definitely i mean because i I miss my boy yeah i miss my i miss my guy that took the terrifics away from me um, that was the only place I was really getting the Gene Yang goodness. Uh, sure. I was I was spoiled, you know, when Terrifics and Superman was smashing the clan was coming out at the same time. Yep. I was like, damn, what a what a wonderful world I'm living in. Right. Taken away from me. So it's glad to see him on on this on a title like this somewhere. He seems to be able to get to flex a little bit. So I'm definitely excited for that. But yeah, big, uh, big week. A lot of stuff. A lot of stuff coming out. Actually, yeah. it's not that. It's a bigger week for you than me. Not too. Not too. Oh, big yeah. I'm going to feel this one. Uh. But yeah, that'll give me a chance to just kind of poke around and uh, see see what's popping with some of this other stuff. Mm. So yeah, we'll be back with the Three Jokers, with Shang-Chi, Department of the Truth. But until then, remember to keep, keep on, on comic booking, nerds.
Bane. Bane.